You back? Energized? Yeah, I'm fired up today. <laughs> Hope everyone's ready for a fiery podcast. It's Monday. Is I know, it? we usually do this on Thursday. Monday. Yeah. It's a little different for sure. I think Mondays are the hardest days to do a podcast. I would agree. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, could be an interesting one. <laughs> we got Omar on the podcast, though. I'm here. Omar, what is your official title at Go Hunt? It's Paid Media Specialist. Yeah. So running like Facebook ads. So if you see like the ads, you know, that says sponsored by Go Hunt, I'm probably behind there somewhere trying to trying to get you guys. Trying to get you guys. <laughs> That's that guy. Don't get mad at the business. Get mad at him. <laughs> Which I've really actually grown to enjoy because sometimes I, I see like some of the stuff I used to do back in the day when I kind of was in that position. And then now what he's doing, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah it's way different. It's way better. Like, it's I good. Could, it I could have good. never done any of that. It is really good. When, when did you start working for us i can't remember the exact august. date august of last year last year yeah august um, of 2022 get where'd you come from let's get into that i came from uh vancouver washington porter always says portland oregon he does always say portland. <laughs> I, was, I, I was watching portland. that the marjorie madness video and i was like where's this come from but it's you ain't um, in portlandia i'm from washington from so, the washington washington the, state washington state got it. which ties in perfectly to what we're going to talk about because washington state got rid of spring bear mm-hmm and this is kind of going to be a little focused on spring bear here. But it's going to be very focused on spring bear. Yeah. I just want to dive into, though, of what we've been talking about with Omar the last couple of weeks about he's just slowly killing his body for a little, for a little <laughs> bit. He, I mean, I massive respect, first of all. Like the, the, the level of miles that this guy runs. So he's, he's quickly gotten the nickname Goggins Jr. <laughs> around the office, and it is fucking well-deserved. He what? posts his, his mileage for the month of March, and he posts his mileage on his runs. It is. Weren't you up to like 240 like, in March? Yeah, I think I ended up like 240 or something like that in March, and I'm off to a good start in April because I ran you, nine on Saturday and 26.2 yesterday. Hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah, gotta I gotta get gave to you shit. <laughs> when, when, so the first time you ran 26. Or 22. No, sorry, 22. 22. And then I gave you shit for quitting. Yeah, that was last weekend. Okay. And I was like, hey, guys, just ran like 20. Because we got the whole Go Hunt Fit channel and stuff mm-hmm. and like a bunch of guys in there throwing, you know, like different goals that they're up to. Some are weightlifting, some are running. And so I threw in there last week in the Go Hunt Fit channel that I ran 22 miles. And I was expecting like, oh, dang, like, cool, which is kind of what I got. But then Lorenzo's like, why'd you quit? I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like... You didn't run, you should have just ran the marathon. 4.2 miles short, man. Like, why? At and that goes, point, the endorphins and whatever else is going on yeah. in your head is already through the roof. Like, just keep it's going. Just, you're just numb right now. Just yeah. keep going for one or four miles. I will say, like, just, the shoes, though, like, they make it or break it. And the shoes that I had on were just not making it. So I wore different shoes this time and I was cruising. And what are the two different shoes? Yeah. Should I mention yeah, it on here? Of course. <clears throat> Actually, the one that I ran the 22 ends that I'm wearing right now is these solomon solomon something i don't know um they're just like take, take, take a shoe off i'll take my shoe thing yeah everybody's I'll, foot's everybody's foot's is different it doesn't mean anything about the shoe it just yeah so it was new like right when i wore it which was probably like a bad idea i think i wore it for like a nine mile run and then wore it again for 22 miles and I, see, I just want to see how light it is it's super light oh dude that is that does feel like a running shoe and it kind of just like i don't know my foot wasn't really used to it or nothing but <clears throat> i've been running these ultras uh, lately, and uh, those, I mean, I could just crush miles with those. Like, if, like, there's no resistance or nothing. Like, I don't know. It might be like the, the zero. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, that's what I ran in yesterday. Which and model of the Altra? I'm always the worst. Like Me too. At, I can't remember any like, of the models. I don't know. The Ultra Road so hard to remember. Yeah. But it's safe to say that you're addicted to running almost? Well, I want to give the answer to what I gave you. Yeah, I said you quit. But then I was. it was kind of funny. He said, yeah, I didn't bring any water and I wasn't expecting any elevation. And he was on the Red Rock Loop, <laughs> loop which is so <laughs> crazy like, elevation. You were definitely not from Vegas. If you go out to the west side of town, there is nothing flat. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, which um, the elevation did kill me that day because I was not expecting it. And then also, I didn't I didn't mention it, but I wore a hoodie. So I was like six miles in wearing a hoodie, like realizing I'm just like losing a bunch of water, like sweating and everything. And then like I take the hoodie off, I almost threw it on the side of the road. But then I was like, no, I can't do that because it's going to cost me 50 bucks to get in here with my truck. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, so I just kept running. But like the elevation, you start getting a lot of elevation, which I've driven that road once but didn't even realize anything about elevation or nothing. And then uh, no water, nothing. So it was like, it was miserable. But it, like, <clears throat> I tie that into hunting because it's like, you got to problem solve or like, you got to get through that problem. You know, like, for example, like in this problem, it's like, yeah, I have no water. Yeah, I'm hot and everything. But like, I knew there was like an end, like, and that end was like the truck for me. So like, I knew at the truck there was water, which like in hunting, that'd be like base camp. So like, there's going to be water like the world's not gonna end like i'll be totally fine which is kind of like why i like running and like especially like running the distances because i could just correlate it to like hunting and like That's also pack out mentality for me like just keep fucking going mm -hmm. one foot in front of the other you're gonna hit the truck and that's where life is right yeah. like yep. that's where that nice comfy seat is you yep. recline it the food the water that you packed in there for when you knew you were gonna get back like that's that pack out mentality i get that <laughs> And I can't get myself to run that far, but I get that mentality. Which might also be funny to know, know is I've never packed out like a big game animal too. So like, it's <laughs> like, I haven't, I haven't met you yet there on the, how the pack out feels, but it's like one of those things where like in my head, like I just imagine like, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything right right now to hopefully one day, like be able yeah. to feel like what that feels like. And, yeah. you know, hopefully in the spring. In the spring, yeah, Omar and I are going to go. That's why we have him. Get into it, Brady. What are you guys doing? Well, first off, I want I want to jump into his claim to fame. Though we're talking about running, mm -hmm. his claim to fame the other week, actually meeting Goggins on a run. Yeah, that that actually was a good story. Which have yeah. we posted that? Why did we not post that? I asked you about that, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I don't I don't know why. I've sent I sent it to the right people, but I don't know why we didn't post it. Hmm. Hmm. Might have been. Yeah. Hmm. Have to check in on that. I wasn't wearing a go hunt hat. Well, who cares? What was it? Matthews. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. All good. And like, it, like if it wasn't an OnlyFans hat or like something weird like that. <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, I didn't wear my OnlyFans hat that day. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. But that, we, we definitely need to post that. I agree. That's awesome. Yeah. Goggins lives in Vegas now. And we do like he runs past my son's uh, school. So a lot of the times when I think I worked out really hard in the morning and I'm like, hurting to drive my son to school and I see him running. He's probably on like his 200th mile. I'm like, Fuck. Oh, you see him like often? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Really? And then I feel bad about myself. I'm like, okay, I didn't go that hard this morning. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. guy's probably ran through the night. Yeah. You know? So to that story, I was, um, I had just found like this new running, this like running, I wouldn't call it, it's a road, mm -hmm. red rock, like the road. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just going there. I think it was like my second time running it, second or third time running it. And I'm on the phone with my buddy, and then I like I knew Goggins ran in Vegas. I never knew where, 
But like, I mean, Goggins is like a huge inspiration, especially for like, you know, people like just starting to get into fitness or like this, like having COVID. So like I was listening to like a lot of Goggins books and stuff. And like just one of those guys who's like, damn, like this guy is a solid dude, like has like a very, like a very like strong attitude to him and like something I could just get behind, like just like what I consider like an alpha, uh, mm-hmm. like in like in, against like other people. And so anyways, I was like driving, parked my truck, and then I see this bald dude running without his shirt off. And I was on the phone with my buddy. And then I was like, oh man, I think I see Goggins joking around. And then there's actually a car that was crashed earlier. Like there was a car that was crashed. And then- um, This is a wild setting. First of all, hold on. There's a crashed <laughs> yeah. car in Goggins is running Yeah, there's a crashed car, bald dude running. And then like the bald guy, which turns into Goggins, like checks to make sure that everyone in that car is fine. Of course. And I'm just like watching. I'm like, and then by then, like I realized it's like, holy shit, it's David Goggins. Like I hang up on my buddy. I'm like shaking, like- yeah. Like adrenaline shaking, like, um, you know, like, I don't know, like just something crazy. And I'm like shaking. I get out. I'm like Goggins. And he like looks over. Of course, one of Goggins, like biggest things, like no headphones. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it, but That's no headphones. That's wild that he doesn't use Mental. headphones. He's all, it's all about his own mind. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. And so he listens, like he hears me and I'm just like, what's up, man? Like huge fan. He's like, pull out your phone. Let's take a video. That's and so then, awesome, bro. So it's we take a quick little video and I mean, when quick, I mean quick, like that, like what was in the video was it. So I'm just like recording. I'm like out here with David Goggins and he's like, just getting my run in. And then he goes, Goggins out. And he just starts running away. <laughs> oh, I love it. And what's funny about that is um, he reposted the video to his Instagram and then like some, he's just got like a giant following. Mm-hmm. So like someone made a TikTok of it. And when I last checked, I had like 700K views. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that video blew up on the old That's TikTok. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm not a TikTok user, but I'm glad you showed it to me. That's yeah. so nice. Goggins Jr. got to run into Goggins Sr. Yeah. yeah. That's so nice. And then we had the Marchery, <laughs> the Marchery Madness, and Porter just calling me Goggins Jr., which... Well, when we saw your March totals, that's when we started calling yeah. you. We, you kept telling us you were a runner, and we were like, yeah, you know. Like, clearly, you're a runner. You can look at you and know that you're a runner. Yeah. But then you start posting your March miles, and we're all like, holy shit, dude. This guy really is a runner, man. Like, this is nuts. Yeah. I enjoy running, but I don't think I've ever came close to any of those miles. Oh, I do not enjoy running. Runs. I just don't do it. And that's what it gets into what Brady was talking about, the beat down in your body. Yeah. Right? Like, hunting is about the longevity of joints and bones and, you know, the small joint and bone connections, knees, ankles, toes, even, for that right. matter. Right? And it's like... I mean, yeah, I'm talking shit on it because I can't run a marathon on a random Sunday morning. <laughs> so that's why I say it first, just to be clear. And if I'm being honest, that's why I say it. But Brady and I are on the same page. It's the same thing. No like, you know, 2018, I, I don't know if I can call it retired, but I yeah. retired from playing basketball. Mm-hmm. You can call I, it retired. You were a champion. Yeah. I have a banner hung up in this town <laughs> with my name on it. You had those. So it's like. Uniforms. I had to pick my poison. Do I want to continue playing basketball, which really doesn't do anything for me? It's fun. It's great. But I think about all my knees, my joints. I'm playing against literally ex-Lakers players who mm-hmm. come to Vegas, and I'm playing with these guys who are ginormous. I am not the guy who should be guarding someone who's six foot eleven. Yeah, makes and you look short. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, do I want to continue doing something that's not going to benefit hunting directly? Yeah, the fitness and stuff is great. Of course, working on ankle stability, like. Um, in basketball, but the chance of me getting injured is so so much more severe than me doing other types of workouts. Yeah. So that's why I retired from that 
to just then, you know, hike and now start lifting a lot more because that's a direct benefit yeah. correlation to hunting. I'd rather hunt my whole life than play basketball. That doesn't do anything for me anymore. And it's not like I'm going to make it to the NBA or the G League or anything like that. And so. when you and I were talking, like the thing with basketball is when you leave the ground, you're returning back to the ground, but everyone's standing in the same spot. Yeah. So the amount of like ankle and outer knee injuries from that is just that's mm-hmm. when you decided it wasn't worth it. And I was so happy for yeah. you. It's <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, bro, you can't do this. A lot of quick movements too, right? With yeah. basketball where it's mm-hmm. like, or even like Brady's tall, like, and I'm sure he's dunking on people. Like, oh yeah. Oh, release yeah. like that rim wrong he's got and tape. you tear a bicep or something. He's got oh, yeah. tape. Yeah. He's dunking on a lot of people. Oh, he does have a tape? Oh yeah. I have a dunk tape. Yeah. Dunking on a lot of people. I love it. I need to see this. <laughs> we, we actually should put his, uh, <laughs> don't you have your highlight tape still, right? The highlight tape, I was trying to find him. When we were di- we did something recently. Oh, that one uh, dunk contest video. Yeah. Remember you guys like, mm-hmm. like basically said, "Oh, can you go dunking anywhere?" I'm like, "Yeah, I can dunk in any time." Yeah. The guy who you had all my YouTube mixtapes from the gym pulled them down for some reason, even though they were all getting a ton of views because like each one of us had a dunk mixtape on YouTube. Yeah. So I reached out to him like, "Hey man, you got those old videos?" He's like, "Oh, I don't know where they're at." I'm like, "Dude, I just want to like." I want those videos for you myself. Didn't download that from YouTube. I should have downloaded it from back in the day. I had, this is I had not the, I had, the Brady I know. I know. I had Cody. The, Cody, this is not the Brady we know. I usually what the have, hell is going on? You know, on? I have receipts of everything. <laughs> you screenshots, have literally everything. Yeah. And so I had the link saved, and so I would I click. I was like, man, the link's still good. Maybe I can go to one of those like way back website things and try to find the video and try to download it really quick. But yeah, I don't have them anymore. I have a few of them, but I don't have the really solid ones or like dunking guys' face. Out. Do you remember the? Like when everyone, because I know you played football, so like when mm-hmm. everyone's like doing football, they had the film, and they, mm-hmm. there was always this one website that they would upload it to. Max Preps. Max Reps. Preps. Need, Max, Max Preps. Max Preps. Yeah. We need your Max Preps on that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. For sure. Did you find Brady? Is it on Max Preps? I think my this embarrassing as this is. Yeah, I don't know because I, I, I played yeah. high school basketball though back in the day when there wasn't social media so I don't think this is going to be me. That's what Max Preps did because I was I was yeah. playing before social too. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, I was, was, I was like in a, the book back in the day. Like they, we had a printed off book really? in our high school like awesome. upcoming players to watch out for. Like Dude, I was you know what's crazy stuff, is we're not that old. I mean we're we're definitely getting up there but we're like but when you think about that it, though, we played competitive sports without yeah, social media. None. Zero. Max Preps was our like that was the the hub for everyone to go look at, like, you know, if you heard about a player in your town, you'd, mm-hmm. that's where you'd go to look at the film yeah. of that player. There was yeah. no social Crazy. media. There was yep. barely any phones Crazy. who could record any video. And now these day. guys are having highlight reels, like, daily, like, hourly. During yeah. the game, they got highlights coming out. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> Crazy. There is only one Brady Miller that I know of. This has got to be the same Brady. But, like, the whole no, running different. side, though, like you said, though, it, it does, you know, we make fun of it a little bit, but it's, like, the mental side of, for sure. The challenge that you're going through, like you can then con- convert that over to a hunt 100%. Like, like Cam Haynes, you know, that guy's a beast. He's still running all the time. Absolute He's still lifting. Beast. He just ran a 50K over the weekend, I saw. Yeah, he got second, second place. place. To one to, of his buddies, right? No, his brother got first place. His that was step, a, that's his brother? It's his stepbrother, yeah. Oh, shit. Todd Spike, which is a savage, too, like when it comes to trail running. But Well, yeah. anyone, anyone who's winning a 50K race on a fucking random Sunday morning is a savage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like absolute savage. Yeah, that's his... Uh, for anybody who's running a marathon like you for no awards, no accolades, you just woke up and started running I, marathon distance for whatever reason. I did it because I told you I would do it. That's true. Well, because I said you quit. And yeah. I have only said that because I'm talking shit because I can't <laughs> do it. Let's be clear. That's why I was talking shit. But you did quit. Four point two miles short, yeah. and now you made up for it. And it wasn't it wasn't my goal 
that day, like I was just like, all right, I'm going to, cause I was like my first like long, quote unquote long run. So I was like, all right, let me see how many miles I could get, like how I feel. And then I did like mapped out this loop, which I didn't plan for any elevation, didn't bring any water. So I like completely just like shit the bed planning wise. And then this next time, don't I'm let like, that happen with hunting. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. That's not the plan. And then this next weekend, this weekend, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to bring some water. Um, I'm going to come up with a plan. And I was just 10 miles in. I was going past Blue Diamond, like the little town. And I needed three more miles to get the 13. And what I love about when I go run, I just park my truck somewhere. So like, however much I go out, I need to come Same, back. Yep. Unless I want to get an Uber, which is like going to be like embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't be Goggins Jr. calling an, an Uber to go back nope. to your truck. Nope. That's, that's like those guys who go on those big crazy hikes and get cliffed out. And like, I'm just going to punch my in reach instead yeah, of like coming back down. Yeah, I'll just get picked down. up. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that. Call the taxi out. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Not here. I was so inspired. I ran one mile yesterday. I love that's it. That's how inspired I was. I saw that. And I, was like, I wanted to make sure I could still run a mile. And it felt amazing, right? You said that. It did not feel amazing. No. I have, it's it's so foreign to me now because it's been so long. I literally, it felt very awkward. But it, it is, like, honestly, not just giving you, you know, respect here. But, like, it is motivating to be like, holy shit, man, I should probably, I just want to see what I could do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you could just go out on a random Sunday and run a marathon, it was pretty wild. You know? I mean, I felt, I felt, I felt good. I just didn't feel athletic in the movement. You know what yeah. I mean? Like my body, I felt fine, but my body just, I just felt like weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, that, that'd be like the same if I were like to throw, you know, however much amount of weight, like on, I, I squat and stuff, but like yeah. when I, we lifted, uh, what, like a month or two ago now and mm-hmm. like just watching like the weight you're doing, it's like the same thing, right? Like that's your expertise. And like my expertise is like the running. Yeah. So like it's it's like yeah my same form thing. doesn't break down no matter how heavy I go and you're running no matter how far you go doesn't break down yeah, yeah. same yep. shit exactly same shit well I can tell you this so I've hunted with Brady in the backcountry quite a few times and how many times have we gone two three times yeah two times so, I think yeah so he is the mountain athlete that's the the uh, what do we call you spider, spider monkey spider monkey the spider <laughs> monkey that's his nickname he's gotten in the backcountry and so the the amount you're running is I think you'll be fine there. Yeah. I think. You think so? I think you so. You got long legs too. That's the hardest part for me with Brady is my legs just, I can't cover the same amount of distance. And the, and the thing that I was like, you know, joking with him before and some of the guys in the office like, oh, can Omar hang with Brady in the backcountry? It's like, I definitely think he can 100% hang because of all the stuff he's doing right now. He has the mental toughness no to question. do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, sometimes it might, you know, even for me, like it might take me a while to get up a mountain or whatever, but like I'm going to get there yeah. with all the weight I carry yeah. and then I'm going to, you know, think like oh there's an animal three miles away like oh it's gonna suck to get over there like that's not the thought in my head that i'm thinking about I'm like i'm gonna still go over I'm there i'm going there i'm gonna yep. go there i don't yep. care if i have to hike back at three in the morning if it's raining if it's snowing i'm still gonna go over there to check it out because i need success yep. like i crave that one more ridge mentality of going further and deeper and deeper and omar obviously has that because he runs all the freaking time well, i mean he's he's got it just on a random weekend getting out of his car i think you'll i think you'll be good there so like what I told Brady is like, look, I'm not going to hang with you at the mountain, but I'll see you up there. Yeah. Like, just go. I'll, I'll be there. You're, you know you're, the, I mean? you're the diesel engine. I'm the diesel, man. Like nice yeah. and steady. That's, yep. that's my whole pay. I just can't keep up with his legs. You know what I mean? How so tall are you? Be fine there. Six foot, maybe. Six foot. See, yeah. I'm five, five ten, five eleven. So your legs are long. I got some short ass legs. I got a lot of extra weight compared to you. Yeah. <laughs> my, my legs are like a cheat code in the mountains. They like, really, it's, it's unbelievable. You'll, you'll, you're going to see it firsthand. Well, even so the reason we, we have you on here is for your guys' bear hunt coming up. Yep. Right. 
And you yeah. guys have already planned this. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we already planned it. Um, kind of like going back, I, I like I really wanted to go bear hunting. And like one day I just jokingly was like, I was sitting in uh, my boss's office, Katie, and I was just sitting in there and <clears throat> Brady pops in and I'm like, hey, Brady, there's still a spot open on my bear hunt if you want to come. And I just said it jokingly. And then like later that night, he texted me and he was like, let's go bear hunting. And I was like, uh, yeah, like, let's go. Like, I'm down. Yeah. Like, tell me what I need to do. So we've been planning it. And uh, we've been planning it for a long time. Yeah. I looked today. It's like 31 days. until of planning? No, 31 days until uh, until launch date. I think, I think I think yeah. he means oh, shit. sixty something. Let's not put an exact. Yeah, let's, let's not put an exact date on my secret dates that I'm going, so everyone knows when the right, optimum. Uh, yeah, you're gonna learn this the hard way too with Brady. You <laughs> you, don't say you, a word you fudge about anything. everything. <laughs> if you're going, if you're going to Washington D.C., tell everyone you're going to like Honolulu. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, we're going. We're going to Mexico. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, that's the now the I, he's starting to learn. He's starting right. telling people in the office we're going to Mexico bear hunting. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Love yeah. It. You're, getting, you're catching on there. Catching on One little quick. slip up on the dates, but we'll let that, we'll let that <laughs> yep. slide. So who's who's taking the planning over you, Brady? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of the planning because like I've, I've bear hunted in quite a few different Western states now and kind of have a rough idea on the terrain that you need, the time of year maybe, um, you know, looking at a lot of these snow water equivalent, snowpack map type things, like trying to figure out what areas we can get into, what areas might might not be able to get into, and just kind of figuring out, you know, logistic wise because some of these bear hunts, like the nice thing is bear hunts can be a multitude of different things. It could be as easy as you want, or it can be as hard as you want. Like mm -hmm. you could just, you know, ride some roads, have a really fun hunt, be successful. Totally yeah. can. Yeah. I've heard, heard that. Yeah. Or you can do it the other way, which I like to do. Most people know, like I do like to suffer. Like fact. that is it's, an absolute fact. It's like going back to the <laughs> sports thing. It's like, am I going to become a better hunter by just doing things the easy way the whole time? Just like in sports, like if I practice against really good players all the time, it's going to elevate my game to another level. And so like I, I for sure, hunting to me is something where I can test my body, test my gear and push myself further and further in there. That's going to then make dividends to a fall hunt later on. So I like that suffer. I like this. We want to do a same style hunt I would do for mule deer, but do it with bears. Yeah. And that's why literally it's crazy for some people to think but bear hunting to me is my second favorite animal to hunt oh boy get ready omar <laughs> i'm getting fired up right now listening to him because i know how he is on the other stuff I'm fired I, up too. like no joke bear hunting to me is so exciting you've killed a shitload of bears yeah it's just i am addicted to them everything about a bear just is so unique and cool to me long and range it, shooting too right yeah you can have a long range you can have close range but it's just like long-range glassing techniques, like fine-tuning, like exact gear, the food you're going to bring, vacuum sealing everything to know like, okay, I have a nutrition requirements for every single day. Here's our plan to go over here. We're going to have a food stash there. We're going to, you know, if we kill a bear, we're going to hang it here and then hike up, the, hike up to our camp that's way higher. We see a bear, we're going to have to drop 2,000 feet elevation, climb another 1,000 feet elevation. Like it's nasty where I like to hunt. Yeah. But because of that, that leads really well into my fall hunts because, okay, I know the gear I need to bring. I know how to prep and plan for it. And the e-scouting stuff I do right now, is the exact same stuff I do for deer, mm -hmm. but it's just like, I want that same challenge I get later in the year in a bear hunt. So let me ask you this, listening to you, listening to you talk. So a pointed question, do you like bear hunting because of the training it gives you going into the fall? Or do you like specifically that, like 
it's your your practice run, it's your dress rehearsal, whatever you want to call it, or do you genuinely like hunting bears? Like you like the animal, you like how they act, you like their habits, what they're doing, yep. how to find it. Like what that's is a, that's it? That's a tough question. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a lot of the cabin fever mentality. Yep. You know, like mm-hmm. hunting season just got over November, December, what it might be. Yeah, you know, I went heavily into hunting, but that's not really a hunt. It's like mm-hmm. I just have an itch to get back out there. And I don't want to wait. I'm not a shed hunter. Like yeah. I'm not going to be that person who's going out and shed hunt. People who do shed hunt, sure, go for it. We've got a podcast on that. You can hear our thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> have, have that, but maybe this year, give them a break. Yeah. But it's like, this is my way to get back out in the mountains and do something crazy. But at the same time, though, I do love everything about trying to find a bear and trying to find a big, old, mature bear. A big bear, yeah. Because like, yeah, there's there's a lot of bears out there. Field judging them's hard. Finding a bear's hard. Trying to find a bear and then kill it's also hard because sometimes these bears don't do the same thing twice. It's like a big old mule deer. It really yeah. relates to me a lot to mule deer hunting because glassing, you really have to be on your optics all day. These bears aren't just out in the open. They could be in this little timber patch. You could be like, well, we didn't see a bear today. What should we do tomorrow? I'm like, well, maybe we should sit, sit here and glass it again because a bear is doing what a bear does. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it might just be in that timber patch and never going to come out in the open. Give it two days. And it's like the same thing, guessing like, is that big buck in that basin? I know he's got to be in there because the train just looks perfectly. Maybe there's some smaller bucks down below. Like, where's that giant at? And I'm just trying to find that giant bear in this mountain terrain. And it's like, it correlates really well to me with mule deer again. Because hmm. I, I get everything out of it. I get snow. I get rain. You always get snow or rain on my preferred late season. You know, it looks October, like you're going to get snow this year. I mean, it's like the nonstop. Oh, buddy. Winter. Yeah. So it's like, but then also too, just watching the demeanor of a bear all day. There's something special about it. Like, it's so cool to watch a bear, like Hmm. them sitting down, like raising their paw up in the air. Like they do start to look like a human every now and then. I start (laughs) to kind of feel a little bad because like their demeanor is funny. They get up and scratch themselves against a tree. You know, big boar, big boar will come down chase a bunch of cubs up a tree and try to eat them. Like, it's just crazy. The shit you see. That's awesome. Yeah. See, I've, I've never spring bear hunted. I've never, never bear hunted. Listening to you, I can like you were making all the sense in the world to me, not being a bear hunter, like how it correlates to, mm-hmm. to high country, back country mule deer hunting makes an, makes all the sense in the world. Like I've always, I don't know, I've always used the spring to like almost get my life back together a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like stay hyper-focused, get my life back a little bit. And then, you know, wife, family, business, things like that. But I've, I've have wanted to, and I've, I've always heard just like little bits and pieces of stories of, Never like that though. Now it's making total sense to me that it's like ultra correlative to the mm-hmm. fall hunts. And it's just like, I, I enjoy to being able to utilize a bear hunt in a way to maybe test out a new piece of gear, yeah. throw something in my kit that I kind of want to test that. out, yeah. but I want to test out to an extreme level. I don't just want to say like, Hey, on this summer scouting trip where I might only go like five miles in, let's test out that piece of yeah. gear, that new tent. I, like I want to throw it into a real situation so you're willing to test a new piece of gear but on that extreme. but not on a not on your fall mule deer yeah because fall, I, I have to be dialed when it comes to that mule deer yeah. in the fall so this is a good way to maybe say like hey you know let's let's test out this shelter let's maybe grab a different optic setup or maybe like instead of glassing off a tripod you know maybe i'll you know use the electro optics of the sig and just try to be able to pick out terrain a little easier and then figure out okay that worked really well on that bear hunt does it correlate to my deer hunt later on? That makes a ton of sense to me for sure. That is kind of that dress rehearsal mentality, right? Like let's give this a go, see if it works. If mm-hmm. not, then we'll change things up for the next go around. And, yeah. and like we're saying, like the weather is so similar. 
So literally what you pack on a, on a bear hunt, cause it is that, you know, early spring, you could get snow, you could get rain, could get, get a get warm cold. day, could, could get, get really warm, day. could yeah. have a great afternoon nap if you wanted mm-hmm. to, but it's like that weather is so similar to the fall. So everything I take really becomes my, my deer gear list later in the fall. Shit. That makes a ton of sense, man. Like a lot. Um, you, you Omar, you haven't bear hunted, right? I've, no, I, <clears throat> I haven't bear hunted. Um, in Washington, they closed, they closed down spring bear and yeah. I always wanted to get out and do it. But like logistically, it was just like, seemed like kind of one of those things where it was just kind of more of a hassle to do. Um, but I mean, I was excited like right now hunting, since I'm such a new hunter, I look at all these hunting opportunities as like, these are like reps mm-hmm. under the belt. So like I need, you know, um, these different, like some of these hunts, you know, like turkey or like shed hunting, like those are obviously like, I'm not going to get a lot of reps in there for like big game hunting. You know, I might be able to test gear and whatnot, but like I see bear as like one of those opportunities to like really be able to like test out physically, mentally, like everything, just well, kind of yeah. like gear and everything that I got. And that's going to just correlate over to like these like later season hunts or like September hunts that I got planned. Um, and then again, like, I think right now for me, like being so new to, to everything is like really understanding, like being out there, like what, what it's like, I went on a javelina hunt earlier and like Brady said too, um, I was able to like harvest one, but like, it doesn't really like fill the knowledge that I need to know for like some of these like hunts that I'm planning to go on later in September, um, October even. Um, so like for me, it's just like, I want to hop on every single hunt that I can and I'm going to make it work out, you know, yeah. with work, with everything. If, if I can make it work out, then I'm going, I'm packing my truck yeah. and I'm, I'm leaving. That's what me, Brady and trail talk about a lot is the only way to get good at hunting is to kill stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like reps under the belt, get as many tags as you can. And hunting is, it is different than what it was when we started this thing, right? Like kind of the, that, the bear spring bear hunting, you know, turkey hunting, I, I guess it doesn't correlate a ton, but it does get you out there, test right. a little bit of stuff, javelina hunting, glassing, that kind of stuff like that. It kind of has morphed more into like, that's the reps under the belt, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yep. That's but a, it sounds that's a, like that's a training. It sounds like bears kind of the the last true standing like reps yeah. under the belt. And yep. the one thing that's kind of different about bear, you hear some people talk about a lot, like, oh yeah, it's great. Maybe I, you know, I'll go bear hunting in a, a unit I might hunt deer or elk in. And it sounds like it's a sound piece of advice when you think about it. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to go bear hunting in that same mm-hmm. place. I might go elk hunting later in the year. But when it comes to reality, though. What I found a lot of these places you're finding bears in the spring is not the same place you're going to be deer hunting or elk hunting in the fall. Like even ba- if you're in the same unit, even in the same unit, like sometimes these bears are just going to be lower. They're going to be at the snow line mm-hmm. and a little bit below it. So yes, you if you are someone who maybe lives out east or the Midwest and maybe you did draw, you know, a Montana and Idaho, a Wyoming tag, or whatever, and maybe you could use this as a way to scout out road systems, figure out access points yeah. and that sort of thing. So you can get that baseline stuff, but I don't think it directly correlates with I'm hunting bears in this area. Is there yeah. also deer or elk in that area that I will be able to take in the fall? They're yeah. probably going to be in a different spot for the most part. So let me ask I've you, th- let me ask you this question then. So my mind this year, cause I've got some points in, in quite a few States for some high country mule deer hunts this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not concerned with the snow levels by any means, but like I'm interested in what's going to happen with the snow levels. Yep. Do you think you'd be able to figure out like on this spring bear hunt, you think you'd be able to draw a conclusion on snow levels on, on this hunt comparative to what they would be in the fall? Yeah. I think, you think you know, it's too far spaced out. They might be a little far spaced out, but the only thing I'll be able to do is I can look back at the, like I, everyone knows I take photos yeah. and drop waypoints of everything. Like Ultra I have a detailed, yeah, <laughs> I have a very yes. big library yeah. of data. And as the years go on, my data set is growing. 
And so what I'm able to do on some of these hunts is my data, like I said, is growing. So I have photos I've taken last year. Yeah. I'm hunting in a different spot this year for bear. New spot, never been. New spot, never been. That's fun. But it's like, I'll be able to slightly reference some of the photos when I'm there. Like, all right, last year we hunted this spot. The, the snow level was up there. I had a photo reference of it. I have a waypoint marked of where the snow line was. I can correlate that this year a little bit and be like, all right, well, the snow level is crazy far lower. Yes, it's a different area, but, you know, I can maybe extrapolate that with something mm-hmm. else. Be like, all right, the snow level is a lot further. There could be some potential snowpack in this area later in the summer. Could be some more greener grass. Maybe some animals will congregate here a little bit. I might be able to figure out a pattern. Draw a slight conclusion. Yeah, or yeah. draw some little conclusions to it. But I think it might be a little hard still because it yeah. is early. I'm just real, I'm, I'm real interested. My, my favorite, you know, the favorite way to hunt in high country, back country is in the more rocky stuff, yeah. like more towards the top. Yeah. I know there's big deer like down kind of in that break of tree line mm-hmm. to the tundra grass, but man, you get them in the rocks, it's, it's pretty well game on, you mm-hmm. know, yep. it's going to be interesting this year to see like, man, there's, there is a lot of snow and it, it's mm-hmm. like the nonstop winter. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know if that stuff's going to be open i mean it'll probably be open this year but like are the animals actually going to make it back that's what i know I that's a that. big thing right now too like yeah. are they going to make it back from their winter range to the summer all range? the way to the top or is the snow going to take too long to melt off and they just kind of stage up right where those trees break into the yeah and the, so yeah. maybe maybe that green, that green wave is going to be a little bit lower than it yeah. normally is yeah. and so you're going to be you know staging down lower maybe the bulls aren't going to go as high and there's going to be a little spot they might have to change to yeah. so like maybe you can kind of do this maybe if you could did some bear hunts more towards that, like late May or some of the states that have some June hunts. Maybe you can start to figure out things yeah. there a little bit I more. I can see June being really good then, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, that's just the thing, though. Like, you're out there, you're collecting data. I'm out there, I might as well take a bunch of photos yeah. of scenery, even though I'll never share a single scenery photo, but I just use that for my library or might just add it to a waypoint. Like, so that's what this looks like during this time of year. And then, too, like, while I'm out there on this bear hunt, I'm collecting, like I said, data for future bear hunts. Yeah. And so you're just, you're just grabbing that big library of assets that you're building. Like, you know, could you get across said stream this year compared to next year? Like, I don't know now because of the snow level right now, but mm-hmm. these places could be raging. It'd be hard to get into some stuff. Or all Especially these if places. it warms up quick, which yeah. is what it's doing in Vegas this year. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's I like think. next week is mid 80s and it's like, and it looks like it doesn't stop. It's kind of weird how it just all of a sudden broke. It's 51 yeah. degrees yeah. today and then just bang, it's going to change. Which is that thing that's going to happen my theory is that that's going to happen all all around the west so. it's like yeah. kind of like this like never ending winter but like it's all just going to hit a certain date and then boom it's like gone yeah so like those rivers are going to start flooding and it'll make it interesting <laughs> it's going to make yeah. it really interesting yeah so is brady taking you under his wing is he showing you some stuff yeah brady's going to be taking me under his wing um i'm excited to learn like that's like that's the biggest thing for me is just like learn 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 yeah. um um you know i'm young and I'm like new into all this stuff. So like, I'm just, you know, I'm excited to learn and like, just like listen to like what he has to say. I'm never going to be like the mentality, like, no, like we should do this. Cause Brady is the ultimate like backcountry well, yeah. hunter, you know? So like my whole spider thing, monkey, man, he's a spider monkey. Like my <laughs> whole thing back there is just going to be like listening to Brady. And then like, after Brady said like, that's where I'm going to start developing like my data too, to start learning and like start fine tweaking my different things. And like, now I've been in these experiences and like, spent you know x amount of days back there and like i could kind of like look back when i'm planning for some of these like later hunts like what happened did that piss did that piece of gear work or did it like it completely like shit the bed yeah like Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I'm excited. Everyone always wonders like the, the recipe for being more successful, right? They say, what are the 10% of the hunters kill 90% of the animals? Yep. It's like, dude, the recipe is really simple. It's all about that data collection. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's reps <clears throat> under the belt, data collection. Like that is, that's what it takes to be successful. Yeah. It's really simple, but it's hard to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really hard to do. And it, it's like, I think, you know, it's like a big like mental thing too. Cause like how Brady mentioned, like looking at like at one spot for a day and maybe you didn't see like a bear there but like he could have been in that timber. So it's like mentally you gotta be like ready to like, no, we gotta give this like some more time. Like everything that a bear needs is gonna be in this area. So like, yeah. you know, like that that kind of like starts like building out like this like rep, like data collection in your mind. Cause I feel like a lot of people think like hunting is just like glamorous. Like there's gonna be oh. bucks or elk everywhere, but it's like, it's, it's really not. Not the case. No. And I can tell you that like specifically, that is exactly how you hunt a big mule deer or a late season big bull. Yep. Like that's what it is. We yep. didn't see shit today. What are we going to do tomorrow? The exact same thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep doing it. Yep. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. You because know? like if you find a spot that has, it looks like it all has all the nutritional needs of an animal, like you can't just cross it off right away if you hadn't no. seen anything yet. Because especially like the bear hunting side, like sure, you could have a hillside that's green as all can be and you look up higher, it's all brown. Like, well, where are the bears going to be at right now? They're going to be in these green patches. The green so up, we, yeah. you got to figure out where that green elevation is by going out there. That's why the first day in this new spot, like we're really going to be looking for where the greenest vegetation is and kind of honing in, in those areas and then taking note of that and then looking at maps in the evening. Like, all right, that terrain was like that. Where's some other backup spots we can go to potential? If we don't see bears here, how can yeah. we use the data we're collecting real time for the next day? Yeah. That's what was kind of fun too. Like, like Omar saying, we're like, I'm trying to, you know, not just saying I know everything, but just like going through some of like even the mapping side of things for bears. Yeah. So like there's a lot of tools we've been using right now that are going to correlate for him on a deer or elk hunt later on. Like looking at all these snowpack maps, like there's ways I use, utilize that now, just like I would on a late season mule deer hunt. Looking at all the weather patterns right now, correlating that with the late season mule deer hunt. Yeah. Looking at even like, you know, webcam footage. That's yep. another really big the thing. highway webcams, highway I, webcams, I use that a lot. ski resort yeah. webcams. We start getting into October, November. I'm on those highway webcams like crazy. Yeah, you can you can learn a lot from those just by knowing what is melting in that area. Is it a big snowstorm coming mm-hmm. in? Is that a north facing slope or is that a south facing slope? Well, if you look at those cameras a little bit, you can t- start to tell which direction they're facing. Yep. And then be like, all right, well that's facing south. That's a good camera we can constantly reference to how everything's melting here. Maybe it's melting that same spot in my spring bear area yeah. and start to, you know, collect some data pieces there and just start figuring to out. To waste the least amount of time possible when you're actually there. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the end all be all. Like that is, that is the go-to recipe. Which like what Brady just mentioned, it's like, that's something I would have never really thought about, you know, two months ago, like that highway cam, like, and he showed me that and I was like, dang, like now this is something that I could take to all my other yeah. hunts, like going mm-hmm. forward. And like, if I need a reference snow or like, what, what does the kind of vegetation look like right now? Yeah. Or like, what can I expect like a month before the hunt? Like, mm-hmm. so like that, that's like what I'm talking about where like, I'm excited to just like learn and just get out there and like, yeah, you know, yeah, stuff, those, stuff those like highway that. cams are the not so secret, secret weapon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, you can, they help a ton just mm-hmm. to see like what is actually on the ground. You know what I mean? And yeah. what, in what direction is it facing? Right. And a yeah. lot of times too, it's like, it might not be in the exact same area you're hunting. So you can't be like, well, I can't find one in my unit. Well, just go to the next unit over and, and go to the same elevation. Same try elevation. to find one, same elevation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try to find a ski resort that mm-hmm. has like, they update their stuff daily. Literally like there's daily. so much imagery out there on ski resorts that they have their, you know, 
their lodge cam, they have their base cam, base cam. Like you can yeah. see what it might be melting. That way you know what you're going to be getting to when you get out there. Do I need to bring chains? Do I have to have extra gear for my truck because of all the snow level? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to get in an area where we're driving on a mountain road. Do you need a chainsaw? I made that yeah. mistake before by not bringing a chainsaw on a bear yeah. hunt. And all of a sudden you get to an area, you get e-scouted, it looks so perfect. You get up there, there's 15 trees down in your way. Now I That's can't go a down there. The dick. But they're yeah. all small yeah. trees that I could have just been pounding through them <laughs> yeah. really quick. And here I am with my little hatchet and my <laughs> trying to get through. plasky trying to cut through them to get yeah. through. But it's like... You're never going to go backwards by knowing more information. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the more you can collect before you get out there, just trying to waste as least amount of time possible. Yeah. 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 And the thing that kind of puts us at a slight advantage is like I have bear hunted so long that I do know certain elevations to kind of focus on. But that only comes with experience. But that, again, comes from yeah. just collecting that data and knowing what you saw in the previous year. Because like right now when I'm when we're scouting this out, you know, I tell them we're jumping in to go hunt maps. We go to the terrain feature. We highlight these certain elevations. And this is the elevations we're going to focus on right now. It's like, yes, you know, it could be different this year because snowpack could be a lot more. But these are the areas in, the, in years past that I've always seen bears in. So we're going to yeah. use that to our advantage right now to hone in on a really good area. And so we have a ton of waypoints already picked out. We have a lot of camp spots, backup camp spots, potential spots we can get water, you know, areas we can, you know, get up into some of these basins that also have little finger ridges we can get to another base and not just trying to pigeonhole ourselves into one spot yep. and be like, well, we're not going to put all our eggs into that basket. We need to have areas where we can look over a lot of terrain right away first couple of days to hone in on things. How many days are you guys going for? Oh, what is it? Nine? Mm, yeah. Maybe nine. So you got some time back there. Yeah. yeah we okay. have a lot. Fortunately, yeah. I have a lot of time on there. And I think like, yeah, you know, we could probably find some bears and kill some bears, but like. You want the giants. I want, I want a big yeah. mature bear and yeah. I want, I want Omar's first bear to be one. He's like, damn, I'm excited about that bear. Yeah. I want to see him get excited. And it's like. That's awesome. See him go uh, the shakes. Yeah. Nothing better than that. Right. Take yeah. somebody during that. I can tell you hunting with, hunting with Brady and trail guys like Brady and trail. Like I've been hunting a lot my whole life dude hunting with guys like brady and trail it's it's another level of yeah. just like kind of sit back watch and then just take in i don't know it's like uh just kind of take it you, there's so many little nuances you pick up on you're like holy shit yeah like, okay i get it you know which it's it's cool for me too because like you know like i worked i started working at go hunt in august so like uh brady's uh just one one more ridge film like i remember like running to like because it's like 40 minutes long yeah like i'd, I'd like throw it on there and like well you got like just, 15 miles done in 40 minutes <laughs> no <laughs> or maybe like a short run um oh. i would just like throw that on and just like listen to the audio and like just like the the stuff that brady says like you know i think one of the quotes like what's the definition of insanity like doing this like doing something multiple times doing like the same thing multiple times expecting a different outcome yep yeah. mm-hmm. so like stuff like that like you know that's what I'm excited to like, you know, go into the backcountry and like just, you know, I, I keep saying this again, but just learn. Like, knowledge for me is just like so exciting, and especially like at the situation I'm at right now is like kind of a new hunter and like being able to hunt with Brady and like going into the backcountry and like tackling like this new challenge. But like, you know, I'm not stressed about it because I know like I've done everything that I can right now to pre- to prepare. So like physically, like gear, we've been looking at our gear and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm excited. I can't I can't wait till. Till we pack up the truck and we're heading. Yeah. Let's get real though, real quick. Yep. Actually not real quick. Let's go deep here. All right. So obviously there's a ton of excitement, right? You're going big game hunting, going with one of the best there is going to learn a ton of shit, right? What are you concerned about? I'm sure there's a lot of hunters out there that are, you know, getting into it, wanting to do something big, but their concern is, you know, they don't always have a Brady to go with, right? Like, yeah. 
like, I'll never forget the first, I, even though I had been hunting the first time I went in the back country with Brady, I'm like, holy shit, dude, here we, here we go. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to learn some stuff. Right. Yeah. So like, I know there's excitement there and not everybody has that to go just take off into the back country, feel comfortable, no logistics and everything's solved for. Right. So like, what are you concerned with? What are your concerns going into it? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to that side of it other yeah. than just the excitement. I would just say like concern wise, like I'm, I'm just afraid, like honestly of like getting sick or something like, you know, like elevation sickness or something like that, or like drink like water and it's like bad or something. And like that deters like the hunt. Mm-hmm. So like that, I, I would say like, that's my biggest concern is like, if I get sick on that hunt or something, like then I know it's just going to be terrible because I'm going to be holding him back and like, I'm going to be holding myself back and like all these months and stuff that we just put into planning and like, just like logistics of everything. Like I know that that could like that one factor can just absolutely ruin this whole hunt. So what's your water technique? I have just a catadine um, water pump, like little, you, you fill it up with water and I've used it like on trail runs and um, different hunts before, but like that, that's worked solid for me. I'm not really like anticipating like the water I've, I use that same filter to like drink out of this like elk wallow that was just filled with piss and worms Tastes and great, nasty doesn't it? shit. <laughs> and I, I'm still alive. So like, I, I think it'll work, but I, I would just say like sickness or something like that, like something just crazy that you don't expect. It's always something that you don't expect. You nervous about wrong. your food setup? Wondering if you have too much, too little, Are you nervous anywhere there? Um, I'm not nervous yet because we, I, like, I haven't gone and planned it like thus yet. Like I have like a kind of a rough outline with like we talked last weekend or something mm-hmm. like that kind of like a rough outline of like the plan and i i told him and he's like oh you're gonna die you have 1500 calories i don't pack a lot of calories to begin with either but like when i listened to his i was like 1500 is light <laughs> I, I don't know what it was exactly but in my head i was like what do you eat on a daily basis on a daily basis it's like four eggs some turkey bacon um a steak for like lunch depends like maybe some ch- chicken or like i'll get bored steak for lunch chicken some like sort of carbs, fruit, um, and then kind of repeat that for dinner. It's so not, how many calories do you think you eat on a, on a, like a normal day, Monday, today, how much are you going to eat? Oof. I'm not, I honestly like think like maybe like 2000 calories. You're going to run today? Yeah. How far? Nine miles. Around 2000 calories. Okay. And I lift. And one thing I didn't highlight is I, for everyone thinking that I'm just like some running, like. You're Gawkins Jr., man. Little pony. <laughs> I, I lift, too. What, did you do 2,000 pull-ups today, too? No, I did uh, some chest and tries. Oh, nice. No 2,000 pull-ups. For the Maybe beach, huh? Day. Getting ready for the beach yep, this summer. Yeah, nice. The pools are open in Vegas, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you eat 2,000 calories on a normal day in Vegas, you know, doing, yeah. doing some heavy, doing stuff, though. That's some heavy good, though. work, but, yeah. you know, sitting a lot of the day, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, we do have a real job. We yep. are in the hunting industry, but as shitty as it is, we do have a real job. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say at least that, but probably plus some. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. thinking like the goal is probably going to be like 2,500. Yeah, just yeah. considering the weight and everything, like 25. If I could get like 2,500, 2,700, like maybe, you know, I, I could start playing it out too. Like maybe I know like on the third day, like this might be like a time where like we start getting like into some serious action. I could plan that day. It's like, that's like my 3000 calorie day or something yeah. like that. Where like these other days, you know, maybe starting to get in there. It's like, those are 25, 25, 3000. And then maybe, you know, I might get crazy and sacrifice the weight and like throw in a 4,000 calorie yeah. meal in there too. It's like, we're getting close to getting out of here, but like there's, you know, we've maybe like done some crazy stuff already gone over some crazy ridges. And like, I just need like that fifth day, maybe of like estimation of that meal is going to like, 
need to be 4,000 calories. So I can start planning out like that way. Yeah. And it's that's, it's honestly not a bad that's strategy. That's similar to what I do. Yeah. It's very similar to what I do. I do 20, about 2,700 calories, but I, re, I, I have a hard time eating when I'm like full exertion, like getting in, I have a really hard time eating. Um, but then the next day I'll be nuts. And then the, like after that, I'll kind of, once I'm in the back country, I'll kind of taper it off and I'll try to as, as best I can save one, maybe two things per day. Mm-hmm. And then as it gets further into the hunt, I have, you know, 2,700 plus calories. Cause I'll, I'll bring something in from the day before yep. if I didn't need it. Yep. If it was a heavy glass day. It wasn't a lot of country day. Like I'll, I'll wean myself off some of the food. Yeah. So the next day I could probably get into like the 3000 plus type of stuff, yeah. but I have the same pack of right around 2,700 calories every day. And then I'll just try to kind of wean into, to bring some stuff later into the hunt for yeah. when I really need it. Which it always seems for me like the heavy glass days are the days when I eat the most. Because I'm just sitting there. That's when you need a nice can of Rogue or multiple cans for that matter. (laughs) How Uh, much does this weigh, you think? Not very much. Not much. That's the beautiful part. I know what you mean. That's the boredom, right? Like that's that that boredom. It's kind of like the boredom like... You know, may like maybe like you're working and it's like, you know, you're kind of just doing the same thing. Oh, I'm going to go snack. Yeah. It's like kind of like that same thing. Um and then like the days when like you're actually doing the most activity is the days that you don't eat that much just because like you're so busy yeah. and you're hyper focused. But you know as much doing. as you run, it's about that night getting it back in for the next day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're not trying to drive the next day into the ground. Yeah, you Which know what I mean. Usually for me, like during the night is when I get the most hungry. Yeah, like me too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but though well, I mean I know why, but it's but, like yeah. When it comes to food, though, I think a lot of times people will get out there, like you said, you get bored when you're sitting there glassing. You're like, oh, I'm just going to eat these two items. And all of a sudden, 30 minutes later, you're eating the next the two next items. Two, and, yep. and all of a sudden, now, when you have to go hard, bomb off a ridge yep. and drop down and climb up, then you all of a sudden realize you don't have many food for the rest of the day. And I think that's when it can get scary because then you could bonk a little bit and then you're going to start, you know, getting stressed in the knees, whatever. And then you don't have anything to get yourself back out. And then I think yeah. that part where it gets a little bit scary because you don't know how to ration your food throughout the day because around here you know if you if you're constantly living at an office or whatever you have food available to you all, all the time in so recovery so e- just recovery tools yeah all so it's so easy to keep just snacking and snacking and snacking when you're out there though you realize like oh i wake up in the morning i'm hungry from last night should i eat my breakfast and should i start eating my lunch a little bit it mm-hmm. sounds great but that could be the detriment to later on in the day yep we have to do it and that's what's hard about too spring bear hunting like i said you can make it as easy or as hard as you want but the way I do it, we're hunting in the morning all, all the way through the afternoon. That's what gets really difficult, too, because at night, sometimes you can be glassing almost till 10 o'clock at night. Long we, days. We, especially if you're going to hunt later into May when the sun's setting so late in the evening. So yep. by the time you think, okay, it's dark now. Now we got to hike back to camp. Now we're eating dinner almost at midnight. Yeah. All and right? the sun's coming up at four o'clock. Yeah. yeah. So it's a quick turnaround there. And so you have to really time out when you eat your food throughout the whole day. So you still have enough food, but then you have to know you can recover because yeah. like a lot of people will say like, Oh yeah, bear hunting. It's like bears are like teenagers. That's mm-hmm. an analogy I've heard for a long time. You know, they're, they're up all night partying like teenagers do. That's just awesome. Staying I've up never all, heard that before. They're, so they're, so they're kind of like, uh, you know, you think like, Oh, they're going to be like lazy in the morning. Like most people just hunt bears in the afternoon like that. Sure. That's a prime time to hunt bears, a really great time to hunt bears. But a lot of guys are then giving up their morning hunt because you're so exhausted by the time you get back to camp. Like, shoot, it's midnight. Now we're not going to bed till one in the morning. Yeah. How are we going to wake up at six to get out there in glass? We'll just, let's just wait and we'll just wake up, you know, later and we'll start getting out there at 10, 11. And then you're missing that big part of the day. But bear hunting, really, like you can find a lot of good bear hunting in the morning. 
Mm-hmm. Like I've been seeing a lot of bears on the morning. Have hunt. you killed in the morning in the past? The, the bear I killed this last year, biggest bear I ever killed. I glassed him up the evening before. So we had a plan. Super jacked on How it. far away? Um, you know, it would have been like a 2,000 foot drop, like maybe a mile and a half away. Like it was going to be a haul to get down to this okay. bear. So we, did, we, we glassed him up with a decent amount of time. We probably could have made a plan on it, but it was just risky. Like, why are we going to bomb off here tonight? Yeah. Try to kill this bear when we have tomorrow. Woke up early the next day. I put glass on that bear, I think at 730 in the morning or like eight o'clock, something like that. He was still up. Feeding. He was still up feeding around. So like I killed him by like 1030, 11 in the morning when I think most people aren't glassing in the morning. So they might not have located that bear. And that bear did go down and bedded down. So as we were stalking down, I was like, where's this bear at? Like he was just right here yeah. glassing all over the place. Like if you would have started glassing at 10, you would have never, never seen, seen that bear. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I saw like a little black spot move up from inside of the tree. He was literally sleeping behind a big stump and he had just moved a little bit to the point where I could see him. So they like, knock yeah. out sleep, right? Like full blown knockout. Yeah. Like it was, they're still kind of lethargic sometimes. That's why, you know, you can hunt them early when they're lethargic and they're kind of going to be in their little home range in the green patch, or you can hunt them a little bit later when they're more moving around, but also we, you go too early. The yeah. bears could still be in the den and you're only hunting a few bears. So it's like a, you have to kind of risk. So there's a strategy. There's there a strategy too. of yeah. which I'm kind of going for, but it's like just trying to, you know, you're hunting all day. So you're going to get exhausted. And yeah. then you realize, well, there's no bears here. Now we got to drop down, go up, drop down again. And then you make a play on a bear. Maybe you don't kill him. Now you look back you're like, oh shit, we have two and a half thousand feet of elevation. We got to go climb yeah. and it's dark out and it's raining now. Are like, you changing anything with your food for this hunt? You trying anything new? No, I keep it pretty much the same. Yeah. It's not yeah. like I won't do my stoveless food method this time of year. Like I will, you know, I still have my, you know, pro bar meal in the morning for breakfast or a green belly bar. Yeah. Middle of the day, I got like three honey stingers with three Justins or um, um, F-bomb, yeah. like nut butters. Those things are good. Really good. I have Baby Bell, bag of Fritos. Um, Salt. So nice. Yep. Highest calorie per ounce, mm-hmm. bag of Fritos, chili cheese. That's the best flavor. Or the honey barbecue. Yep. Honey barbecue is good too. And then like, then I have another um, green belly bar in the afternoon and then usually a giant whatever i don't care what it is what the flavor is i just want the most calorie dinner possible mountain house peak refuel whatever doesn't it is. matter which one it it's is always freeze-dried though always freeze-dried i will eat the same one throughout the whole entire hunt yeah. like my my daily food does not change i don't have i don't want to have oh today i want peanut butter the next day i want more chocolate and something like i don't care as long as i'm getting the calories yeah and i got the fast and i got the carbs and i got the proteins that's all i really care about yeah. and i'll eat the same thing every single day but on these hunts we're going to drink copious amounts of coffee. So I hope you're ready for <laughs> Dude, that. That's the other. I actually, thanks for reminding me. The amount of coffee back there. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Get ready. It's a lot. It, and oh. like you're going to be exhausted. So we're literally, you know, middle of the day, cranking up a jet boil, having some coffee. Like, yeah. Trying to stay energized. What's your go-to coffee back there? Has it changed? No. I mean, I'm still, I have a bunch of the Starbucks Vias, but I hate freaking supporting them. Yeah, me too. So like, me, I've been kind of, I, like, I have a metric shit ton of them now, so I'm trying to burn through those, but Black Rifle, their little instant yeah, ones. those things are good. So, so good. It actually tastes like a real cup of black coffee. Like, I yeah. just like black coffee. Yeah. So, like, that's been my go-to for a while. It's like trying to get more of the those Black Rifle. Those things are good. So I can't bring my creamer to the backcountry? I mean, Frick you can. No. <laughs> you can. I will make gonna, fun of you the whole time. What are you going to sacrifice on for the creamer, though? You know, I was you thinking of... bring I, more chew. Yeah, that that too. I could probably, like, get rid of, like, maybe a meal or something if I bring some creamer. 
No, I'm joking. I, I like uh, black coffee too. Like, I mean, in the back country, like just as much like of that shit that you could get into you. Like, yeah. I mean, it's going to make you stay up, blast more and like all that stuff. And yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah. But the thing that you were telling, asking him earlier, the question was anything he's nervous about. Yeah. There's something I'm really nervous about. What's that? I didn't expect that. What is it? Like very <laughs> nervous about it. What is it? So you remember my goal at the end of the year? Yes. Was to Ooh. drink a gallon of water a day. Yes. That's going to be very difficult. So I've been doing that the whole time. Okay. I, I've been drinking a gallon of water a day consecutively. Now it's what, April 3rd today? Yeah. Is it April 3rd? Yeah, yeah it's April, it 3rd. April 3rd. So it's like, I'm now concerned that my thought process before is I constantly live at a state of dehydration that my body is just used to being dehydrated. So when I go hunting, I just don't need as much water. Yeah. I'm concerned now that I'm going to need <laughs> a lot more water than normal. I don't think it works. Right? Like and that, that water uh, is weight. That's weight in my backpack. You already remember what I carry for optics. Like, oh, yeah. Well, luckily, optic side, we should get into this. So oh, yeah. when I was uh, talking to Omar about this bear hunt, yeah, he threw in the idea, like, I'll, I'll carry your BTX. For that, you. that was the ticket to I was like, book done Brady deal. was like, I was like, hey, that's man, a good hunting partner, though. I'll carry I'll carry your optics for yeah. you. And he was like, his like ears raised. He was like, oh, OK, like. So, uh, so now you get to bring in everything. So now I get to bring in a lot more, <laughs> lot more yeah, food, a yeah. lot more water. He's going to yeah. suffer. That's why you should find a hunting partner who's at least 10 years younger than you, like Omar is. <laughs> like, and hungry. I, and I have the excuse yeah. the whole time of, I'm just the old guy. Like, yeah. I can't carry that anymore. We are getting to that age yeah, now. It's I, can, great. I can start to it's use awesome. that excuse. Yeah. And he's just a young guy. He should be able to carry more of my stuff. Yeah. You run all the time, bro. You're, yeah, you you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be I good. Hope. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm just slightly concerned. Like, what are my water needs? Are you still going to try to drink the gallon of water back there? Oh, no. That'd be tough. Like, sometimes I'm barely a liter and a half a day when I'm in the mountains hunting. Like, yeah. I honestly, yeah. Uh, Omar said it when you were talking. I don't think it works that way. I actually think you're going to be better yeah. off now because your body's now? actually going to be like repaired from the water you're giving it. Yeah. So then when you do run into dehydration, well, not even dehydration, but when you do run into like weaning yourself to less water, mm -hmm. you'll probably do better. I, don't know, I would hope. Man. I would in my, think so. my head, I'm like a camel. I, mean, I, just don't, I just don't need it and I can still perform because I'm so used to performing without it. And now, yeah. like, even, even sitting here right now, like, I realize I don't have any water in front of me. Like, I am, my throat's really dry right now. Are you going to start, like, giving yourself less water going into the hunt? No, because that wasn't part of my goal for this year. True. Getting Very jacked. true. That's what I do with food is I start to fast a little bit when I'm getting closer to a hunt. Yeah. Try not to eat till like, 11, 12 in the morning. And I'm a, I am a breakfast person for sure. The best meal. Yeah. Like for sure. But I always try to like, as I get closer to the hunt, I always try to, I mean, I shouldn't even call it fast. I mean, some people are doing like some crazy shit with fasting. I just try to push it off a little bit so I can, uh, you know, just get used to like super fasted workouts, recovering um, after that. I mean, granted, I'm sitting in an office. It's a little different. Mm -hmm. That's what I was talking about in the backcountry too, is like the, it, the recovery tools in the office, like on a normal daily life, right? Like you're running, you're doing all this stuff. You're sitting here, you're eating 2000 calories. You can kick your feet up and go home, kick your feet up on the couch. You can't kick your feet up in the back country. No. You're sitting behind glass feet are always underneath you. Yep. You always got some on your back. Like you, you're, you're not sleeping on, you know, what do you have? Tempur-Pedic sleep? I, what do you honest, got? <laughs> I, I have a nice bed, but I honestly, I don't have a couch. That's good. So I don't training there. I'm not sleeping on no couch or nothing. I don't have a couch. So you're saying you're softer because of it. Like I fall asleep on the couch all the time and I'm making myself stronger, but I, I can <laughs> know how to sleep on an uncomfortable situation uh, all the time. I, I think last week I slept in my bed maybe two or three times a whole week. That's just, I that's so crazy. Couch. That's but, so I, crazy. but I also, cause like I do work out so late at 
in the evening. Yes. And then I'm trying to stay up a little bit. I don't want to go right to bed after I work out. Like last night I got home at 1245 in the morning from, night from the gym. Absolute night off. But that's what I'm talking about. Like that's why food and that kind of stuff is so, well, I mean, to me it is, I can only speak for myself. Everyone's different, but like, man, you just, there's no recovery tools back there. Yeah. You can't kick your feet up. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you're not getting a full laid out sprawling night mm-hmm. of sleep where your body's just like recovered. Like you're tucked in a little cocoon, yep. uh, sleeping bag. You're on a sleeping pad. Like, you know, you're sleeping on your side. Your side's not getting the, the, you know, support, all that stuff, whatever it is. That's why like food and that kind of shit is so important to me back there. Yeah. Yeah. Food and like, especially like, you know, for some people, I would argue like their, their sleeping setup. So like, I want to make sure like I'm the, like the most comfortable in the backcountry too. I'm actually like, have a whole new sleeping setup this year. Yeah, what's I'm, your sleep setup? Uh, have you decided on it yet? Yeah. Uh, on on what sleep setup? Yeah, like I you my, know what it is. I have my sleep sleep setup uh, set up. I have like this big Agnes. It's like a twenty degree bag. It's like one of like their quilt systems, so it could like it's actually like rated for like zero if you put on the quilt. But I'm just gonna bring the bag. Yeah, that's twenty degrees, and then I got a Thermarest, the yellow one, the X Thermar, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. That's what I use. Um, so like I'm actually planning on sleeping in my backyard one of these oh, da- one of I these love days. It. Stay hard. <laughs> I love it. Because I want to like test it out before I go. Yeah. So like yeah. I need to I like I need to just uh kick over some rocks or like maybe get a cot from the office or something and like just sleep in the backyard. Yeah. But before going. Um so then I could kind of just like test out like exactly like what it feels like, what to expect. And then like it'll be close enough to like if I need to like make some change or something, like I come to the shop and like just get a new bag or something yeah. or, or, you know, new pad if I, if I really think so. But I, th- I think it should be pretty dialed in. I'm not too worried. Do you sleep cold? You get cold in the morning when you wake up? Yeah. I'm like super cold all the time. Like I always got a hoodie on. Um, I'm yeah, always, he wears cold. that stone glacier yeah. puffy every like single day in the office. Every day That's, with a sweatshirt underneath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's another thing that in the office you guys make fun of me is, Always got my stone glacier puffy on. We we honestly don't know if he's doing it just for the look. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? If he's pulling off the lampers look like it's a fashion statement or if he genuinely is cold in the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm I'm genuinely like cold in the office. Um so I'm 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 also like thinking about like my insulation layers and all like all that stuff. So like do I have enough to keep me warm back there? So I might think of getting some more insulation layers like the stone glacier uh puffy bottoms. And maybe getting like the stone glacier vest too. Huge believer in the puffy bottoms. Yeah. I bring them everywhere. Yeah. Literally yeah. everywhere. It's a backcountry peace of mind. Yeah. To know you can just throw that on whenever you get cold. Exactly. And, like, and they weigh nothing. They take up it. no room. Yep. It's like, it is one of those pieces, no matter what, like, I mean, I could go on a August 1st high country hunt and I'd probably still bring them. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah. I mean, why not? Like, you don't, you don't know if it's going to be 30 that morning and hey, why not? Just yeah. be warm. Yeah, that's true. The, the nice thing is though, like... Last year, I tested out one of the earlier designs of the Peak Solitude four-person shelter. Yeah. And so I recently picked one up. So we're taking that on this one. Okay. So we have a, you know, four-man teepee. And we're, nice. we're, we're still taking the uh, Seek Outside um, medium U-turn stove. So we do have a, a stove, which is going to be great for some of those cold moorings. But then it's also going to add the ability for us to potentially melt some snow. Yep. Like if we do get an area where we're at the snow line hunting bears, like obviously I like to be a little bit below the snow line so I can glass up to it. But if we do end up getting an area, north facing slope maybe, yep. there's a bunch of snow, maybe we can figure out where to camp and that way I can get the required water. Yeah, and you're not, that you're I not need. tied to water holes. Yeah. Exactly. That is yeah. a lot of people, you know, like a lot of people think stoves are just for staying warm. There's a lot of tools for a stove, yep. which is exactly that. I mean, you're not gonna be tied to a water hole. 
Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. We and then, and then even if there's not anything and we're camping up on a ridge, we're like I prefer to camp on a ridge and always glassing down on these bears. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the water is. So every time you make a stock on a bear, you're going to have to resupply water yeah. and come up. But being up on top and, you know, the snow we were having, like we could get a big dump of snow while we're out there. And that's going to be a game changer because that morning we wake up. Yeah, we'll glass for a little bit. We're also on free water. We're on free water modes. We have to do our chores. Yep. So chores are going to be grabbing that water, trying to get in a drum light bag, or grabbing that water, putting in one of our uh, the rain fly of our backpack to hold it all day mm-hmm. and put it in the shade. So when we come back later at night, we can transfer that into a drum light bag. Maybe stick that next to the stove, or maybe start taking some of the the water into a jet boil, set it on the stove, but we're burning it the wood burning stove yep. and get the water that way. So that's why again that logistic side. It's kind of yeah. going to come into play. So this but is the we kind do of have, shit you can't pay for, Omar. Like you're gonna you're gonna pick up so much little shit like that. I mean, I just picked up something right there. It's like the pack fly, like yeah. no, like putting snow into that. I would have never thought about. It's that. It's a game yeah. changer. Game changer. You know, like it's like those little nuances. Get it in the shade. It'll be back. Yep. It'll yep. be there when you get back. Exactly. And what's another good tip too is I've done before when I'm hunting deer in some of these October hunts. I know a snowstorm's coming in or rain. You can kind of pitch some of those and put them on little tree branches and just set it up all night so to it's catch. Raining, yeah, it's gonna start catching it all. Yeah. And then, then you can also like how your you know your teepee. You always want to pitch your teepee so it's a right, nice steep angle. Mm. But a lot of times that snow will start to sag on there, and you have one side that's going to kind of like bow up. And in the morning when you wake up, all that stuff right there is probably going to be melted from our stove a little bit. And it's going to be water, and so you can just take a drone light or analogy and stick it next to it and kind of lift up that shelter. And you're going to drain a bunch of that water yeah. into there. And yeah, you're going to have some pine needles. It's going to have some vegetation you're going to be drinking. It's not going to have elk piss, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to have elk piss. It'll taste just, a lot better than anything pine, but elk piss. The, the pine yeah. needles do add some nutritional value. I can't remember what it is. Vitamin A, vitamin it's C, something, something like that. Though. Yeah. So it's like something. you have that part of it. Yeah, the water strategy, is a, that's a big deal, man. It's always a big deal. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what's going to be – that's what's great, again, about learning on this hunt how to then perform on a later hunt, which – I put a lot of emphasis on bears because I love bear hunting. It's like I yeah. said, it's my second favorite. I'd rather hunt bears than elk. I'll say that with a full confidence, even though you say I'm a big elk guy. I was I was just gonna press in here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to instantly sway it. Like okay, I have yes. You're I a do. big elk guy now, though. <laughs> yeah, you'll deer sabbatical and you came back with a bull. Like how are you not? <laughs> yeah. How are you not an elk guy now? Yeah, but it's like all this stuff we're doing right now translates so well into those other areas. Cause like a lot of the places we hunt high country deer, as you know, the water is very limited unless we're in Colorado. Or it's what like runs that. your hunt. It's yeah. literally like that is the, the first law of what you're going to be sticking to is that is the water. Where's it at? And that's mm-hmm. how we have to hunt it. Yep. Like even I gone in the summer scouting trips, like I've stashed water in a lot of places. I know I'm yeah. going to return to, I know it's a decent area. I'm going to stash that water on the top. Like you have to be thinking about all those little things. Yeah. But then again, I'm going to jump into my second part of what I'm most scared about again. Love to hear it. What is it? So my goal was drink a gallon of water a day. We went yeah. through that. Yeah. My second goal was to eat more food and get jacked. <laughs> so Get super jacked. Get super jacked. Because yeah. like when I first moved down here from Montana, I was 212 pounds. Yeah. Freaking jacked machine. Strong as an ox. Strong as an ox. And then, you know, move down here. I just hike all the time, you know, yep. backcountry hippie type of thing. Just play basketball <laughs> a lot. Just grew lose, your hair out. Grew my hair out, lose all my weight. Yep. Because all I do is hike, run, and play basketball. Yeah. So my other goal was to be 190 by April 1st. You broke it. I broke it like two weeks ago. Uh, Friday, when we were doing the Shelter Palooza filming, mm-hmm. I weighed 196. Today, I woke Damn. up and I was one, 193.2. So I don't know what I but did. But you there. broke it by, I mean, breaking it by a couple pounds. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, you broke it. You and, definitely hit the goal. And then now I'm worried about, okay, so let's say I have, let's say I have our hunt 60 days from now. Yeah. Because Omar wrecked that earlier. 
but uh, <laughs> it, right? so so we'll just bleep it out that's gonna be another two months of me gaining more weight yeah so now my body's also being used to eating more food on a daily basis and yeah, my goal sure. this whole entire year was to not lose weight on hunts i don't have the weight to lose i don't want to lose any of this muscle i've been gaining so why aren't you changing your food for this that's hunt? why i i do have the preference that i'm kind of worried about that and i do have to increase my calorie load on this hunt which is going to add weight but omar's carrying the btx so so it's official now so it's official. <laughs> this is a bit officially <laughs> official. So what? like I'm going to have to add a bunch more calories in there somehow and throw some more bars or th- throw some more nut butters. How much weight do you typically lose on a, on a hunt? I know you track that quite a bit. Yeah. Or- I mean, this last year in middle of November, after I got back from the Mueller sabbatical, I w- weighed 174. Which is crazy. I'm 5'11", like 177 right now. And for him to be what? 170, six, 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 five, almost six, six at 174. That's insane. That's insane. Like literally on my app, I track it. You can see my weight will like go up to like 180, 182. And all of a sudden I go on a hunt and it just like skyrockets. Right back down. What's but the it, lightest you ever were? That was it. Like when, when, maybe, I know I went to 172 uh, the year before that. Holy shit. That's insane. But it's like, like I've always said though, like I can still perform at that level, but I do remember those years when I was jacked and I had more calories, like nothing could stop me. Yeah. Like, so I am excited for this year to, to make that goal where I do not lose weight on these hunts anymore. But it's like, I still feel like though, I, if I carry more food, my mentality is to go harder and go further, go one more ridge all the time. So no matter what, you're gonna I, be in that I am, I'm yeah. gonna be in the minus on calories no matter what. There's no way I can carry all the calories I need to maintain a weight on a backcountry environment. Yep. Which is why, like what Omar does with training all the time, like he probably knows what he needs to perform and still maintain his weight. And I'm trying to get better at that too, to know like, okay, I'm going to exert myself really hard. This is the X calories I'm going to need. I'm going to lose a little bit, but I'm still not going to lose performance when I'm back there. Like I want to be able to come back from this hunt and still like perform really well the rest of the year and still stay on my schedule of, you know, trying to get now 200 pounds. I don't know what it was like August. Let's get back to right? August, yeah. 212, let's get you back yeah. to peak. Let's get him back to peak Brady. Yeah. Be, peak ox Brady. Dude, he was yeah. strong as an ox, too. I saw some of his old videos yeah. that he's got on. Oh, uh, and, and Nathan Air, or not Nathan Air, um, Elements was a really good one. Elements, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can and, see, like. I mean, Brady's just, like, fit, and I'm like, dang, like, looking good, and he's getting yeah. back up there. I mean, 196, he's about he's to getting br- there. break 200 sure, yeah. here soon. So it's like I have that in the back of my mind, too. It's like, all right, I have to have more food. But it's like bear hunting. So you are going to change your food system. I'm going to change my food a little bit. I'll okay. add some more. Yeah. Okay. But like bear hunting to me though is that ultimate suffer fest. Like sometimes that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Because like this, the bear hunt that I do is not easy by any means, and that's why like we've been prepping this hunt for so long, trying to figure out exactly what we're taking. Yeah. Who's going to take what? How we're going to split things up, gear wise, like because it is such a crazy hunt. Like you could literally go days without seeing a bear, and then you're like, well, we have to move spots. Move spots going to be eight miles yeah. like no joke we could do eight miles in a day just to move areas and be in bears again like you never know where these things are at they're yeah. so like bears are pretty random yeah. yeah and so it's like i know so i know you're a runner omar yep have you done any backcountry rucking extended stay backcountry stuff uh yeah i spent five days in colorado this last season on a deer hunt so i mean i've, I've done like that stuff i've <clears throat> i've like spent some like nights in the backcountry but just like with my old job, like what I used to do, like it was just so dependent on me being on the phone. Yeah. Like I couldn't really get into like the back country as much as I wanted to. So I was like the weekend warrior. And then when I got here, I had a mule deer hunt planned, which I spent five days in the back country in Colorado. How many mule deer did you see? 
Uh, I actually saw one buck off the road. <laughs> and but how many uh, how many elk uh, do you see? I saw a buttload of elk. Yeah, I want to really? go back there and get a get a tag. Yeah. So is it over the counter unit? No, I got a draw unit. I got a small percent chance of drawing right now with the one point, but a high percent next nice. year. So that's we'll a good see. find. Yeah. Which shameless plug, uh, insider. So um, Colorado. By the time this comes out, Colorado's going to be over. But I mean, there's still a bunch of states available to uh, apply and uh, figure out your your strategy this year. So yeah, that's exciting too. Um, getting all that planned out, but not not too many like extended stays like in the backcountry. But I mean, like I could tie this back into running too. It's like, um, you know, I, like my longest run was like 44 miles, which like again I just did it on a whim. I, I quit my job and I was like, I'm going to go run um, Mount Hood. And that's yeah. a 44 mile trail. And uh, like, just like knowing that I could do that type of stuff, like in my mind, like I feel like I'm, I'm like physically and mentally ready to like go. There's no question. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I have no concerns there. Mm-hmm. Zero concerns there. Yeah. Which actually like, that's like one question I had for Brady is like, are you concerned with like any of like my performance in the back country or like, you know, cause I feel no. like with the hunting partner, like Bro, you don't if want I, someone if I, to hold you back. I mean, granted, like I said, I didn't keep up, but like I'd be there, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, bro, just take off. I'll, I'll meet you up there. Yeah. You can go, go take your, you know, just get up there. I'll meet you there. Yeah. You have no concerns there. Yeah. I'm telling okay. you. The only concern I've ever had with people in general I hunt with is their mental state. Yeah. Like you can be physically fit. Yeah. You can be jacked, but do you have the mental state to keep going day after day when the, when shit hits the fan yep. and then be motivated the next day. Like, like it's opening day again. Yep. That's yeah. the type of hunter I like to hunt with or even like camera guys. Like it's hard to be a camera guy because they're out there. Hell yeah. Just filming the hunt. Like we're out there trying to pursue something together, trying to do their best job to capture it cinematically and make a good story out of it. But I've also burned out a lot of camera guys. Like there's camera guys who won't hunt with me. Also anymore. a fact. Yeah. And so it's like, I, that's why I really enjoy, you know, seeing all the time when he posts, I just did a 26.2 miler. Like, yeah, he's mentally strong. <laughs> well, like when it was supposed to be a 10 mile run and you turned it into a marathon, yeah. like yeah. that, that is what that is. That's something you know I mean? that yeah. like, I'm super jacked for him. About yeah, that. exactly. Like no one, if you, for whatever reason you wake up one day, you're like, nope, this ain't it. We got to mm-hmm. change. Like we're going another six, seven miles in yeah. wasting a whole day. We, we got to go further. Like the guy that's going to say, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's, if that's you have the best that hunting menta- partner. Like, People always ask me sometimes too, like, what makes someone who's more successful different than someone else? Yeah. Like, or what, what, how do you find deer in the mountains? How do you, you're so, so successful on random hunts, getting animals? It all comes down to mental strength. Mm-hmm. It literally does. There's no way you can learn it unless you put yourself through the suffer to realize that end goal is all you want to get to. Yeah. Like, you have to be mentally strong to succeed. Yep. Because there's so many times you're like, oh, shoot, we had a rough night. We got back to camp at 2 a.m are we going to wake up in the morning? Like, sure. I've slept in before. Like I'll be, I've slept in, Yeah, but it sucks. You realize the next day you're like, you regret it. Like, why did I do that? Why did I be such a wuss? Why, why didn't we wake up in the morning? Why didn't I set my alarm? Why did mm-hmm. I accidentally shut my alarm off? Like you learn from that though. And you're like, you have to just go full on every single day. Like it's opening day. Like you never know when you're going to succeed, but like with him running all the time, I know if you, yeah. if I say, Hey, we're going over there. He's going to be cool. He's going he's gonna to yeah. say, say yes right away. There's not going to be any like doubt in his mind because if you're hunting with a partner and he has a slight doubt, like, oh man, I don't know if we can get over there in time. Like, look at that nasty blowdown we got to do. Look at that north facing slope. We're going to have to go post all that snow. It might weigh on me a little bit then too because I'm to thinking at the same your, time, yeah. mm-hmm. like, well, if he's uncomfortable with it, 
and I'm going to put him in an uncomfortable situation, that's not going to be good for either of us. Yeah. yeah, we could probably can do it, but if he's not solely jacked on it, the next day he's going to get even more burnt down, and that's going to be hard on the hunter partner. Yeah, dynamic that you have to work through when you're hunting with someone. For sure. Which, yeah, which I'm like the type of guy where it's like, we got to go hike eight miles over that way to go look at this like vantage point, and like you know we'll probably get there at one in the morning, but as soon as we get there we'll sleep. We get, we're not going to set up a tent or nothing. Like yep. we're just going to sleep there. Like weather's going to be good. And, and then the next morning we're going to wake up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. in a glass, like, and then knock this spot off our list. Like I'm the type of guy that's like, all right, like, you know, I'm, I'm like a little robot. Like you tell me and I'm, I'm falling right behind you. So I'm excited. Love yeah. it. That's, I mean, it shows when you said your run was supposed to be 10 miles and you <laughs> turned it into a marathon. Like mm-hmm. that's that kind of mentality. That's exactly yeah. what it is. You know, yeah. thinking you're going in 10 miles and it's like, well, fuck that up. It's actually going to be 15. Yeah. You know, and you got to be cool with it. Yeah. Yep. The, the other really fun part of this stuff with Omar that I was a little bit maybe nervous at first, cause like, what's your rifle experience? Zero, zero rifle experience. Zero oh, rifle boy. experience. Yeah. But we've been practicing. We've been practicing. So we've been utilizing. Yeah, you told me he has a nasty thumb. Yeah. So get like, into it. So yeah, we've been, I've been taking him out. It's kind of like our, I don't know what you, you can call it, I guess training. Yeah. yeah. It's training. Training. I, I call you coach Mills. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going out there and I'm kind of letting him do his thing at first, mm-hmm. but then I want to correct him right away and then see if he listens and then I have to correct him again. But it's like going through it, watching him shoot the first couple of times, like I was like, dude, you have like the worst rifle target panic I've ever seen. Really? He gets yeah. on, he gets on that gun. I'm like, all right, just be calm, you know, a little bit of shoulder pressure, put your finger on that trigger and press it. And he's like, and I'm like, He's like, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, send it when ready. And all of a sudden, I'm not watching the scope because I'm recording, digiscope. I'm looking at his finger. And literally, he takes his, his pointer finger, puts it in front of the trigger, <clears throat> just slams that thing. Just, <laughs> just freaking <laughs> yeah. slams it. Is it the noise? What is it? No, that's, it's just, I think it's just the lack of not knowing. Like, because I, I, I was like, the way like I kind of like learn to shoot, it's like you only put your finger on the trigger if you're going to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's kind of like why I, I was doing that. It's like every time like I've shot, like I was like raised and trained. Like if you're gonna put the like your finger on the trigger, you're gonna shoot. So that's why I had like that nasty thing going on. But yeah, then Brady, keep it off. then Brady like started correcting. He's like, hey, like you could put like you know like put like a little bit of pressure. Like you don't have to just like put it there when you shoot. Because he told me he's like, why do you do that? And I was like, well, that reasoning that I just yeah. explained. And then so like we started going through that and started correcting it and like you know different things were like in my in my form it's not so good where like the thumb starts crossing over like what the stock. yeah he said you had a nasty thumb yeah I, like, I, I literally yeah. told him like watch your nasty thumb right now I've been He's correcting the whole off. time every time I would look down he'd take his thumb push that thumb to, from safe to fire it over the and stock. then lock it over so what yeah. that's gonna do is I had a lot of questions on it on Instagram the other day but like sure you can shoot wherever if you shoot great crossing it over. I don't know. Like you maybe keep doing it, but I feel like your thumb, the only purpose of your thumb on a rifle is to move that safety forward or backwards. Mm-hmm. There's no other reason for your thumb at all. So when he's crossing his thumb over the stock, you're actually inducing torque on the rifle stock. So when you're pressing that trigger, that's going to go off. If you're gripping that thing because you're scared of the rifle, maybe you don't know if you're torquing it left or torquing it right mm-hmm. or what you're doing with it. So you're actually gripping it like a death grip on there. It's like, no, you can actually just totally relax. Like let your body relax Take that thumb, put it on the side of it. Thumb doesn't need to do anything else besides move the safety forward or backwards. And then get those three other fingers besides your trigger finger and just put that lightly on the little swell right below right below there and put just a little bit of pressure on it with your, just your tips of your fingers. Like, don't be, don't be gripping this thing. This isn't yeah. something you have to grab 
like, I don't know, like a fishing pole or something mm-hmm. like that. You get to like, just actually grab like a barbell. You don't have to right. manhandle anything here. Mm-hmm. You're literally just finessing the gun, getting that light pressure that's repeatable. And then that pointer finger is coming over at a 90 degree angle. And like I would say, you're pressing it like a keyboard. Yeah. Like you're not squeezing it. You're not pulling it. You're literally, it's like the best analogy is pressing it like a keyboard. You're just coming into that thing really lightly. And like after. What if you know, you're a hunt peck typer? Like yeah. just pounding yeah. that thing. <laughs> Yeah, so that might be a little difficult, but like, and that's why, like, when we went out to the range, you know, I had him shoot a little bit close range just to make sure yep. the gun was still zeroed for him because I zeroed it in and dialed yeah. the whole scope in, did everything. But like, I I have to, if he shot a little bit different than me, we were going to recite it in a little bit to make it fine tuned to him because yes, it's great, shoots great for me, but I need that gun to be set up for him. For so him, we shot yeah. some hundred yard zeros, then instantly went out to what was it? 864 yards. Yeah. Crazy. 867. Yeah. I wanted to take him past his comfort zone. He's never shot that far before. Yeah. But I wanted to do that to showcase, okay, everything we've taught you so far is going to play huge dividends now because any slight changes you make, I'm going to see that at that target. Like you can shoot hundred yards, 200 yards, 300 yards. Yeah. All and you're day, not going to notice. And you're much, not going to yeah. notice those bad form or the way he's laying down, kicking his body out his feet, maybe his feet or his toes are sticking in the dirt when they should be kicked off mm-hmm. the side. Is your body in a straight line behind the rifle? Because that's even going to impact it too. When that gun goes off and that recoil hits your body, it's going to torque your body left or right. So That was the number one thing I learned at the gun work shooting school. Yeah. Is I, I was like heavily torqued off the gun. Yep. Because like for whatever reason, it's like comfort to get your eye through the scope that way. Yeah. The yeah. second they fix that on me, I was I was like noticeably better immediately. Yep. So let's say like you're you're – aiming downrange and you have your body kicked off the side because it feels comfortable and the gun's pointing in a straight direction. Mm-hmm. So that gun goes off. Where's that gun going? It's it's going straight back, but off like a, an angle of your shoulder. Yeah. You don't really fully know. It could go off to the left. Yeah. It could go off to the right. Yeah. It could come back. Like you don't really know because like your body is not protecting there. that recoil behind yeah. it. You sit your body right behind it. That recoil is going to absorb in your body. Yeah. You're going to be able to potentially track that impact yourself. That's what I noticed immediately was tracking impact mm-hmm. downrange. Was when they fixed my body and that gun was sitting in that little pocket when you lift yep. your arm up and you mm-hmm. can feel that pocket right there. I immediately started picking up impact. Yep. Like no matter what the distance what distance was, I could see impact. And that's gonna lead into then being more comfortable behind that gun. Like I don't care if you're shooting a thirty cal. Like I can put someone behind that with a good posture. Yeah. And after a few shots, like yeah, a big thirty cal is gonna knock you around. But like you do all this stuff constantly eventually you get to the point where you're more comfortable and your eyes aren't even going to be like blinking as much like you can get to the point where yeah no matter what that recoil is going to go off you're going to blink but you might blink a little quicker or you're not going to be anticipating it as much and your eye might be open and you can see that impact yeah. and that's going to be great if let's say we're out shooting at a bear and I, from my angle maybe i have to be 20 yards you know to his right because it was a quick setup situation he's laying down and from my angle i'm like dude i don't know like did you miss? Like and he, and he, from his angle though, he'd be like, no, I crushed it mm-hmm. because he watched it impact it. Yep. And that's what like, I would, then I would say like, oh, maybe you should correct. But like, if he can say he fully saw where that impacted and that's a dead bear, that's a win because then I don't have to And that's a him. hunting setup. That's yeah, what Because happens. if I have to recorrect him, even though he yeah. knew it was a perfect shot, I'll tell yeah. him, oh yeah, you need to dial up. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 I hit perfectly. Dude, I so, 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 proud to sh- of- so to shoot the same shot again and put that animal down yeah. if it's still standing there, where if I corrected him, I'm going to make a miss. Yep. Right. I want him to be able to see that impact going down. That works out the same thing too when you're hunting by yourself. All those things are gonna pay dividends. Yeah, when I'm hunting by myself, I still record Digiscope so I can instantly get up and look at it. But if I can see it, 
God, you're and, a detail and, guy. And, it's and unbelievable. Just everything about it. If I can see it, then I know, okay, was it me or did I have a bad wind call yeah. or did I have a bad range? And it's not like, oh yeah, I missed because of un- unknown reason. Mm-hmm. I want to know I hit the animal perfectly or I need to adjust it this way because I did all my mechanics were right yeah. because that's why we go to the range and we're, we're teaching all this stuff. Yep. And that's why going out past his comfort zone, the rifle is fully capable of shooting there. Sure, he is not going to shoot a bear at over 850, 900 yards. He will not shoot a bear. I will not allow him to do that. Yeah. Like most people should never do that. If you, if you were to grade his shooting day one to day now in the, you know, in the present, what would you say his shooting scores are one through 10? Uh, now after our little bit of training, I'd probably put him at like a seven. Like honestly, Damn. passing grade. It's a tough score. No, yeah. that's a pretty no, good we'll score. Take it. It's and just, uh, this is going to come with more practice. Like I said, tens like you, don't exist. Yeah. So you could always yeah. get better. Yeah. And one thing too, I, th- I think might be better, you know, having zero experience. Cause I'm not coming in with like any nasty, like habits. Like I'm yep. coming in with habits that are just like, you know, my body telling me what to do. Cause that's what my body thinks to do, but, but it's no like, thought, no, no thought, that, yeah. thought habits. Yeah. Or like, you know, like I'm not going to, I'm never, I never would, but like, I'm not going to find I'm like, no, man, like this is how I feel comfortable putting my grip my thumb over yeah. here. Like that's just is what it is. Maybe some Porter would say. Yeah. <laughs> because like, I guess No, what, man, I just pull left. I know I'm going to pull left. Yeah. Just let Let's just fix the pull. Yeah. Let's fix how the about pull. that? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where it's hard too. Because someone, like you said, if you've been shooting your whole entire life and all of a sudden I'm trying to maybe teach you something a little bit better, you might still lean on those old bad habits mm-hmm. constantly. And then we're out in the field. You're just going to rely on those bad habits because those bad habits are instinct to you. I want to yeah. create perfect habits right now. So that when we go out there, it's just like we're on the range. It's like yep. we're on a controlled environment. Perfect practice. Perfect. Yep. perfect. Yep. Yeah. And so that's where it's really fun. And that's why I like shooting stupid long distances in practice. Like I will shoot hundred yards a lot because I want to make sure my hundred yard zero is exactly perfect. And that's why we're probably going to go out there the next time. And we're going to reshoot the hundred yard zero. Like if that hundred yard zero, if it's shooting half inch left, like half inch high, even though it's super close to the bullseye. Most people would be totally jacked on that. Recite. Well, yeah, we're going to pull that back in. We're going to va- validate first to make sure it's still going left yeah. and a little bit high. But what happens when we get up to 400 yards? Is that now... It's going to start to extrapolate. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to go higher and higher and then get further and further out. And then you add wind into, into that factor. Yeah. And then you add the biggest bear we've ever seen. We see a seven-footer with a giant white chest bash. Yeah. Like huge. And then you bear. add the hunting scenario where you are 30 yards to his right yep. yeah. when the shot goes down and he has to be capable of yep. doing it himself. And we just got done running down the yeah. mountain. Everything's like adrenaline's going. Like I accidentally hype him up by saying, this is the biggest bear I've ever seen. That's the yeah. worst thing you could do to someone probably is say how big the animal is. Because <laughs> now he's going to be jacked. Don't mess it up. Ugh. And like, and that's why sometimes when we're shooting, even like when I'm hunting with someone, if I, I'm going to have the range finder because all my dopes and my SIG, I'm not yeah. going to tell him the distance. Because I don't want it to mentally yeah, just mess dial with them. It for it, yeah. I'll be like, all right, yeah, shoot it for 3.25 MOA yeah. and dial half left. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell him. Actually, very smart. Yeah, because it's going to, it could, it, you never, you don't know, but it could impact him. Like, oh, man. So that's actually 300 and, you know, 10 yards. And, and I've only ever of, shot 200. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, like from the training, I'm confident that he could kill something at three. Yeah. We've been practicing at eight and nine. Like I said, I will not allow them to shoot that distance because there's a lot more factors that come into play. You need a lot more years under your belt. And it's an animal at the end of the day. Like yeah. you have a lot of respect yeah. towards those animals. Why do that when I know we can get closer? But then when he's at that close shot, like I said, I'm just going to calmly give him the dope, put in the scope, make like, right, press the trigger and this thing's you have your bear. Like, yeah. That's why the training side of it is so important right now. And we have 
60 days. Yep, 60 days. 60 days to go practice still. 62 days. Yeah. <laughs> and like we have a lot more training and you know, like luckily, you know, I, I had a bunch of ammo for this gun. He just picked up some ammo. I'm going to shoot factory loads with this one because it's been shooting great. Like what I have all 6'8 six, eight six, Western. Eight. Yeah. Ooh. It just yeah. arrived today actually. Nice. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's a Browning X-Bolt um, Max long range 6'8 Western with their recoil hog muzzle brake. It's got a, was it the Vortex PSD Gen 2? What is that? Uh, 8 to 25 power or something like that? Sweet. 7 to 25? Yeah. Sweet setup. Yeah. Really. So it's, it's an awesome what, are you gonna, what are you going to shoot? Uh, my 300 rum. That's the end all be all the go to. Yeah. Last year I set up that 300 rum basically for all the hunts I had and mainly Tajikistan. And yeah. then recently I just switched over to a uh, Razor Gen 3, yeah. the 6x36 by, by 56. Speaking of Tajikistan, go. you're worried about getting sick. Just go listen to that podcast. You'll <laughs> yeah, be fine. You never, you never know what can happen. You'll get sick and still have the best hunt of your life. <laughs> just yeah. keep going. I, I heard some stories and just keep going. Wow. Don't shake Brady's right hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what's the glass setup? Have you guys like, do you guys know exactly what you're doing? So for me, like we joked about the BTX thing, but I'm honestly not sure I'm going to take the BTX because you can definitely the BTX is going to add some capabilities of finding the animals. But again, these are bears. A lot of times they're kind of easy to spot if you're moving around. And, uh, so I'm just gonna rely on, you know, I'm gonna bring my 16 power, my SIG binos, those yep. are electric ones with the image stabilization. They're great. You like those? I haven't used them yet. I honestly love them. Really? Really? I I haven't looked through them or used them yet. I've heard some good things. You like them though? Yeah. So the biggest thing to me, like I've been testing them off and on the last like two years, um, taking to Montana with my family. I brought those specifically for Tajikistan because I knew it was going to be really windy. And that was an absolute game changer because I can glass in the wind and it's like I'm on a tripod. It honestly is like I'm on a tripod or if I'm hiking up a ridge really fast and I want to glass something really quickly because I see a black stump. And like your black that, stumps like, everywhere. That shake shakes. Yeah. I can pull it up, switch the switch, and boom, I'm locked in. Really? So Zula sixes are That would help me a ton. So my left really great. shoulder that, that my left shoulder issue, it makes me shake a lot. Like if I hold for just a little bit of an extended time, I start to shake. Yeah. And then I can just like, you know, lay I can kind of lay down like I'm leaning over myself and trying to stay warm and then put my elbows up. And most of the time when you put your elbows on normal binos, you can feel your heartbeat. If you glass yeah. long enough, you can eventually feel your heartbeat moving For stuff sure. around. Yeah, I know exactly fluttering. what you're saying. And so that's going to eliminate that. But the only downside is I love gridding. I love putting optics on a tripod and gridding. And since I, those are electric, I don't need to, do, to use yeah. on a tripod. I could bring, you know, uh, like a stable light adapter or something like that and strap them to it, which that's going to add some extra weight to it. So I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. Not much extra weight. Not much extra weight. <laughs> now, we're, now we're cutting hairs <laughs> here. Yeah. But, but then yeah. again, though, like, I might be able to do that because I think, like, so I've been packing around the 115, um, 115 ATX, but that's an overkill when it comes to bears. That's what you're using right there? Yeah, the Zulu, Zulu 6. Zulu 6, 1642s. They're only 850 bucks. Yeah. They're pretty wow. tactical looking. So yeah, it actually uses, like I said right there, a two-axis gimbal inside. So like wow. if, you, if you pick them up and try to glass without the battery turned on, you'd be like, ooh, this thing's wicked weird, like yeah, piece of junk. Like they look very They look interesting. interesting. Very it, looks interesting. Like a, it looks like a spaceship of some sort. Yeah. But once you flip that switch, it locks everything in. And yeah, if you take your optic and try to move really fast, the gyro can't really keep up. But if you just glass normally, like I feel like you can pick out a lot more intricate details. You can pick out a leaf falling off a tree. You can pick an ear twitch out. Like huh. you can see things. You think the, the glass is good too? Comparable? I mean, the glass quality um, is not going to be on par with some of your big name stuff. The ultra high. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, you know, I've heard rumors, you know, they're working on some different things. Yeah. But like, what you gain in image stabilization makes up for that. Makes up for it. What about the battery? Battery's kind of iffy because that's a that's a 
double a battery so i do like my whole setup i've gotten rid of batteries so i do have to carry an extra one of those and battery for it but it lasts so long and it does have an auto off switch on it mm. which sometimes i get annoyed with because the model i use i don't remember what it is but i'll suddenly be glassing for a long time and all of a sudden it'll, it'll switch go off. off and i have to oh adjust it and that's usually right when i'm like on something I'm like is that an animal is that a bear is that a deer and then yeah. move and get back on it again but it lasts a long time but then for like huh. the, the big optics, like I was saying, a 115 ATX setup like I've been using for a long time, that's overkill on bears. Completely overkill. The only Why reason, is that? Because they're kind of easier to see. And, and you're not, ju- I'm not judging horns, yeah, antlers. True. Good I'm point. not trying to pick them apart. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for that pumpkin head, Good point. that big yep. body, how he's walking, make sure it's not a pair back in, looks like a sow. Like I'm trying to gather all this intel in and all I really need is a lightweight, maybe 65 with an ATX. You're not trying to see eye guards and a split, maybe a cheater. Or and, and I'm not trying to glass that those shadows, like yeah. literally 10 minutes before shooting light ends. Like a bear's probably already out moving around. Like I don't need that light gathering that I gain with the 115. And all really doing it. So to what do are you is, replacing it with? I might pick up a 65 okay. millimeter objective for my sword and then just bring the ATX. And then like, cause we just want to be able to spot a bear, judge the size of the bear and go and digiscope it. Yeah. And then we're good. And then digiscope the kill. Yeah. We don't need. Are we filming this hunt? Oh, I'm gonna self film it. We're gonna okay. do like a new, new style. New right? style. Yeah, new. I don't know what we're calling it yet. It might be one of those like kind of you know episode by episode type thing if we have enough footage. I know so. we've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah. Our originals, yeah. our originals are great, but we got to figure out a way to do more stuff. Yep. yep. I think it'd be fun too because you know I did that Mueller sabbatical last year. Yeah. That was kind of my first go. But the problem with that hunt is I was solo. So I had kept setting the camera down sometimes and trying to film myself. And then it was, you know, 18 inches of snow. So I couldn't set the camera down, but yeah. now I can pass the camera to Omar. Omar yeah. can film yeah. me. It'll I can make film it, Omar going down on a stock. It'll there. make it better for sure. Yeah. And then we can get that good dynamic. We can get the good camp atmosphere. We can get the good talking in camp like we would on a Go Hunt original. But it's just like, you know, you're not going to see both of us in the film, but I'm not the type of person who's going to hold my camera out Come on. and try to selfie it. You know, Come I, on, I have the perfect <laughs> selfie arms. You do have perfect <laughs> selfie arms. That's for but sure. But like, I'm not going to use those bad boys for that. So Strap I think your toe would be even better. Long, long ass legs. Yeah. <laughs> me those things are like six feet long. And then yeah. too, with dropping down to the ATX and 65, like I'm going to save a ton of weight. Yeah. That's more fun. Ton, yeah. Oh yeah. A ton of weight. So unfortunately though, you know, Swaro, they're very proud of their costs. So that's something I have to think about right now. Where else could I use that 65? Cause I don't, when I think about optics purchases, you know, I want it for something else as well. Like yep. right now in my mind though, I can only think of this is going to be great for, Bear hunting. I haven't figured out what that second Sheep purpose is for whenever you get the tag. But then again, I'm like, well, I want really want that 115. I really want to dive in, count all those yeah. rings. Yeah. So it's like that's yeah. the hard part to yeah. me. And for it's sure. like, yeah, you could say like, well, what about Brady? Your crazy summer scouting trips when you just try to you know hike as many miles as you can, try to go super lightweight, and that sounds good to me too. But like, then I like to do a lot of long distance glassing. I'll glass you know three four miles away trying to pick up animals with the BTX. So like. Yeah, I need to find another use case for it because right now I'm like, damn, I'm just I'm spending ad- that money right now. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm addicted to the BTX for the eye fatigue. Yeah, like it's just, uh, man, you can glass for so long. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Like that, the eye fatigue gets me so quick when I'm glassing through spotters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. And then it's like, well, since if I do go to 65 and Omar is packing some of this weight, then maybe I could. take in the ATX and the BTX eyepiece with the yep. 65. Ooh. And then we could locate the bear with the BTX and then yep. switch over. Like even though I can, I can digiscope on there, but I just it's don't feel like good, it's, it's not as it's good. It's not as good. Definitely and you're, and not you're, as good. And you're fixed at what's going to be 30 power 30, with yeah, the BTX. Yep. It's so not able to good. zoom in more. That's one thing I can definitely say, because I've been exclusive with the BTX for two years now. It's mm-hmm. not as good. 
It's, I mean, it's, it's good, but it's not as good as the other stuff. Yep. And then if I go lower on the spotter, I can get by on that new Tricer. Um, oh, I love that the, the thing. I can't head. wait to use it. Yeah. So I was using wait. that in the Havelina hunt and really grew to love it, but it's like, it cannot handle the, the, BT, weight, the BTX yeah. 115 or the 115 ATX. Like it's just too much weight. And then that way too, if I go lower, I do have a lighter weight tripod. I could cut some more weight out by going to that tripod, a different yeah, lighter weight tripod. I will sure. never cut weight on my rifle. I get made fun of all the time about my rifles, whatever, 14 pounds, six ounces. I'll never cut there because yeah. the rifle's sole purpose is to kill. I've harped on that all the time. That's yeah. one, one purpose of that rifle is literally that one perfect shot. So I will have a heavier rifle, but maybe I could sacrifice here and there on some other areas to then, you know, carry that big, big rifle. <laughs> Splitting hairs to carry a 14 pound yeah. rifle. Which, <laughs> I love it. I got to see off on a long tangent. Sorry, Omar. But like, what optics are you, you taking? Yeah. I got, um, so when I first got here, I was in the market for some new, some new binos. So I, you know, kind of like one of my strategies that I do, it's like, if you know someone who's been successful in these hunts, like the best thing you could probably do is ask them, like, what yes. do you use? So, you know, knowing Brady's been successful for many years, I was like, hey, man, like, what binos do you recommend? And he said 12 by 50. Hands Razor, down 12 by 50. Yeah, yeah, Razor UHD. So I was like, okay, like, sold. I'll, I'll get those. Yep. So I got those. So I'm planning to use those. And then I also got, a like, a Razor 65 uh, spotter. But, I mean, it sounds like our spotter game is pretty dialed. Yeah, so we can, we'll definitely that. leave your spotter yeah. back at home to save some of the weight. Because, like, we have to think about, too, on these type of crazy, you know, extreme hunts. Like, we have to try to figure out what gear we can share. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, what can we – what are we doubling up on that we don't need, like, you know, the whole optic thing or maybe a tripod. Like, then you don't even need to bring a tripod. And then when we're carrying the gear, you know, I'll carry the shelter, the poles, the stakes. Maybe you'll carry the stove. Right. Yep. And just kind of split that way and maybe only take, you know, one jet boil even. Even though two might be nice – but we really want to go crazy. It's not that much weight, so we'll yeah. probably carry you know the new Go Hunt. I feel like a like that, but a Jet Boil is kind of like one of those like it's personal items. It's like one of those personal items, right? It it's is like kind of weird. Yeah, you it want your weird. Jet Boil like you don't really want someone else like heating up your water. Like, hey man, can you heat me up like two cups of water? It's like, no, I know I could heat up my water, and like it's yeah. like it doesn't weigh too much either. So it's like kind of one of those like personal items for me. It's one of those things though, man. Like when you re when you start cutting stuff out and you look at the final weight cut you're like holy shit that really added up to like a noticeable amount yeah right mm -hmm. you never think it like those jet bo jet boils are light but when you start cutting out like you know these things here things there you just start you know doubling up when you cut the double up on stuff like mm -hmm. then you look at the total weight saved and you're holy shit yeah it's a lot of weight yeah speaking of personal items yeah i don't know what type of man omar is yet i have to ask him a really personal question can't wait Okay. This is, uh, I'm very, I think I know what it is. I'm very passionate. I know I'm very passionate about this subject. Okay. So I hope his answer is correct. To I, toilet paper. I knew that's what or it was. Wet wipes. Well, and, you why, and why? You can't burn wet wipes. Yes. So I'm going to have to He's go learned, with toilet he paper. He's listened to the podcast. So you're doing what? I'm going to have to go with toilet paper. I'm a toilet paper guy. Have you ever been a wet wipe guy though? If I'm like by the truck and like, you know, doing something like that, like I'm going to, like, there's always dude wipes in the truck. Like if I'm going hunting, there's always dude wipes in the truck. Just because I mean, it's just it's one of those <laughs> He's things. Even mad, Brady's even mad about that. It's <laughs> nice. It's like all right, sweet. I don't gotta freaking you know use toilet paper right away. Like I could use some dude wipes. Oh wait, it is 2023. Men are weak nowadays. I forgot. Sorry. Oh, okay. but in the backcountry, okay. toilet paper. What happened uh, to being hard? Stay, stay hard. hard man. <laughs> Come on. 
You don't need to pamper your backside, Omar. Oh, man. I don't know. This is a, it's an interesting subject. <laughs> and you can't burn them and they will freeze. My dad, the freeze my dad is, experienced that firsthand. And freeze is for a real, that's for real. Yeah. But I mean, toilet paper hands down, just. Do you know how many ounces you take of toilet paper? Just throw the whole roll in there. You never know I don't what's going to happen. I don't know very many people that measure the ounces of toilet <laughs> paper that they take into the backcountry. The f- funny story about that. One time I was hunting with uh, one of our camera guys, Mather. He, he had me pack all his stuff, his food and everything. Yeah. And he got out there and I was like, hey, here's your toilet paper. And he's like, would you give me 10 squares? Yeah. And I was like, no, it's one ounce of toilet paper. That should be plenty for a six-day hunt. And he just laughed at me and then grabbed the whole roll in my truck and brought the whole roll up there. <laughs> like that was one area that he's like, yeah, you can't pack that for me anymore. Like never pack my own toilet paper because I'm like, well, I just know how much I need. And I know what one the back country, I know what the backcountry food does to me, but doesn't do anything crazy. So I don't ever need more because I know the food I'm taking and what it does. So That's it's like, so insane that you I'm not packing for. It's so crazy to me. But then, yeah. but then it's throwing it back against me because I didn't plan you know, to get sick in Tajikistan yeah, and, you were. and burn up all my toilet paper and have to use my hand to wipe <laughs> myself. So like, Oh no, it can come back to bite you. Just back it. Oh no. See, that's what I'm not going to have to I'm put not. your hand in a glove after the, Oh no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'll, I will do the hard decision and sacrifice some weight to bring some extra toilet paper. Yeah. That's why you're going to do those couple extra squats. Yeah. So you can just bring enough toilet paper that you don't even, it was like not even a thought in your mind. Exactly. Like you just, you know, you have enough. Yep. Yeah. That's what's crazy. It's just like the thought of like to know you have enough no matter what. Yeah. I mean, you're eating freeze dried food. You're eating all kinds of peanut butter and, and you know, nut fats mm-hmm. and all that. Have you guys Nut been, fats get your stomach going a little bit. Yeah. You know? Question two, have you guys like got elevation sickness and like your stomach just needs to dump everything out? I've gotten elevation made? sickness one time in my life, and that was when I was snowboarding in Colorado. Okay. And we were backcountry snowboarding. Well, not true backcountry. We were on like, it's called the Cirque. It's up above everything else. First time I've ever been elevation sick. I was in high school, and it was fucking brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Like, like did you have to go to the bathroom? No, I was just puking. Puking? Because yeah. I, I don't know. what. Like, I was in Colorado, and like, I got there, and I could just tell like it was just elevation sickness. But I, I just had to go to the bathroom, and like, I puked a little bit. But like, that's like, I, I think I will like pack just like a little extra just in case that happens. Cause I know it's like, what well, a little, you just, you just make sure you have enough. Like you <laughs> just, it should not even be a thought. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, the worst thing it is, it's fire starter. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just like, it's one of those things in my mind that's just like, yep. I'm not even thought about it. Yeah. I mean like, like I'm good. We sacrifice like so much other stuff. Like we're, I'm planning on only bring one pair of underwear, one pair of socks. That's heck, what I do. Heck yeah. Yes. I bring one, one pair of change and yeah. I go about halfway through the hunt and change out. Okay. No, no, I'm talking like I'm bringing like what I wear in underwears and socks is the only thing I'll have on for nine Ooh, days. I bring, I bring one, one change just of, of each of those. That's one it. change. Yeah. You can always flip them inside out. Yeah. <laughs> you can always honest. watch them in the creek. That's, that's why I like to go to the gym just a little bit, you know, just oh, yeah, for yeah, those just little out. things like that, yep, you yep. know. If I can't carry a half ounce in socks and underwear, I don't know what else I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll second think that judgment, but. What, but, uh, what backpack are you going to take on this hunt? Uh, you know, I almost said run. But then I realized that YouTube would yell at me again for saying run because I always say running on everything. Like I run this, I run that. So it's what, what Brandon backpack? says it all the time too, and people say, "Who gives a shit?" What yeah. people say. It's yeah. so, what, so what backpack are you yeah, what, taking? What backpack are you using to carry your stuff on this hunt? 
to carry my stuff on this hunt, I'm going to use a uh, Sky Archer 6400 by Stone Glacier with the Crux Evo frame. It's a good bag. Yeah, I'm excited. I've never I've never used it, so I'm like, as soon as I get it, it's, it's on its way. I'm going to throw in a 60-pound sandbag and start, like, just getting some hikes under my belt. and like Smart. Yep. Turtle head Really feet. smart, because... So I, I had a, I was talking to a guy. Who, um, so the difference of running and walking are very different on your calf, like very different yeah. uh, mechanics on your calf. And he was the one that told me, "Is like, dude, there's nothing like weighted walking. There's nothing. There's no mm-hmm. replacement for it." Yep. Yeah, and like, you know, in like previous packs I've ran in the past, like I've always like that's kind of like one of my staples of training is like throw in like the 60 pounds and like just go walk like up a hill or like even a trail just like you got it like before the hunt you got to get familiar to like what that weight feels like like what that's going to be like because you got to just imagine it for you know x amount of days well that calf flexion on the on the balls of your toes that you don't get that when you run yeah especially you because you run so fast yeah that was the other thing we didn't clarify how fast you did your marathon it was three hours and 40 minutes yeah it's crazy i didn't make boston but it was crazy mm-hmm. on a random day. Sunday. Anyways, <laughs> we'll just, but that's like you're, you're the cat. Uh, I was talking, I mean, that's a really good point. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that calf flexion with weight. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing to always go on me. Always. Yeah. It's and, the first thing I start to burn out. Yeah. And it's really good too. You're going to like, you're getting a new piece of gear. You're going to test said piece of gear to figure out how those shoulder straps, where they need to go perfectly. Like, you don't want to realize like, oh, yeah, I only carried my backpack around with 10 pounds of weight at my house yep. on a treadmill. And all of a sudden you get out there and that first day when you have 65 pounds on your back, all of a sudden your back sore because yeah. you didn't know where everything needs to sit on there properly. And then also, too, just like breaking in a backpack. I think it's kind of overlooked a lot of times, too. A ton. But just yeah. like get those straps moving around, get all the squeaks out of the backpack. That's why I don't, I don't like to switch backpacks. Yeah. It drives me crazy mm. getting a brand new backpack. Um, and then also I think like one thing that I didn't highlight in like putting the 60 pounds in the pack too. It's like, I'm going to wear essentially what I'm going to wear on the hunt on those, on those, you know, four hour hikes. Yeah. Like, smart. I'm going to wear the boots, the pants, the layers that I'm going to think I'm going to wear. You know, I might not bring like my puffies on stuff because I'd be overkill. Um, but like, you know, what I'm going to plan on to hike is what I'm going to wear on those like hikes when I'm yeah. breaking in the new backpack too. Smart. That's what we take for granted at doing it enough. Like I know exactly what I wear in. I know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But like, Going, this is your first true backcountry hunt, right? Yeah, that's what you uh, yeah. said. Yeah. I, I mean, other than that spot in Colorado. Yeah. But this is going to be deep. Yeah. Like nasty deep. It's going to be deep. It's going to be nasty. There's going to be, you know, we're going to be far away from anyone. It's going to be. That's the mental side of it that I fucking love, though. I yeah. love when you get back there and you're like, no matter what, if I wanted to go home right now, no matter what, I have got to cover this ground. Got to get back to the truck. I got to drive 12 hours. Yep. I love that feeling. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's the it's the separation feeling where you're like truly separated from what you just left. You know yep. what I mean? It's like even if I wanted to get back to work, that's how long it would take me to get back to work. Take it's a long awesome. time. I love it. Yeah. I, I think Brady's have you decided what backpack you're gonna take this year? Uh, I recently decided to switch it up. Really? And again, it goes to your point where it's like, I have a system that just works. What, yeah. am, I, what am I doing right now? Yeah, what are you doing? Right? Yeah. This it's is not the Brady I know. <laughs> what are you it's, doing? It's, it's the same thing I said I would never do last year when I switched boots, and then I switched boots because of Porter, and then I got giant blisters everywhere. And you got fucked. Yeah. So what are you doing? What are you doing? What's the change? So I've been intrigued for a while and didn't know whether I'd like it, and I avoided purchasing one for the longest time because I love having a load shelf. But Stone Glacier's new Terminus line, 
Ooh, yeah. So it's that basically it's designed for, you know, high altitude sheep, um, mule deer hunts, that sort of thing where you don't have a load shelf. It has a built in little uh, compartment on the inside where you can shove the meat and all that stuff. So there's no load shelf. So it's not a modular backpack anymore. But I've been really looking at it lately. They built this bag for Kurt, right? And yeah, they, which is perfect because him. Yeah. him and my body types are exactly exact the same. Exact same. Literally couldn't be more identical. Yeah. And I figure, too, some of the hunts I do, like I didn't want the other one. I can't remember what the cubic inches on that, but I think it was like 7,700 or 7,000. Yeah, term is 7,000. You're going to do a bear with no load shelf. Yeah, which is going to be interesting because all, that, gonna be, all that meat and oh, everything's yeah. going to go inside and then part of the hide's going to have to go well, on if top. You kill a, if you kill a you know, giant, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine you're going to fully do a full body rug or something, yep. right? Yeah. But the, the new one, the, the 8,700, it's giant. So like I'll be able to mm. also, I think, utilize this maybe on a late season hunt. But again, late season hunt, I do like to have that load shelf. What game bag are you going to use? I don't know if I can say. Yeah. Don't say. I know what you're, I know. Okay. I know which one you're using. Um, but, uh, like it's going to be shoved on the inside. So all like, is it big enough for a that's why, that, that's why I really was waiting because I didn't want the other size before, but I wanted, you know, some that's going to be a little bigger. So if it's a little bit bigger, I can think I can get my clothes and all my gear on the inside and my optics away from all the nasty, yeah. you know, blood yeah. meat and stuff and shove all that meat in the side. And what's really nice too, in the back of the bottom of those stone glaciers, the new terminus, there's two little blood ports. Yeah. And so that blood, if it gets in the game bags, it's going to start drip, dripping out in the bottom. And... It's going to so, be yeah, interesting. It's, it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be, you know, cause I can't keep all my gear away from, um, the meat. That's the only concern I have. Yeah. That's, that's why I, it's going to be interesting to, yeah. It's the only reason why I have, I've kind of avoided it because I picture all my hunts in the late season. I need so much extra gear. And then when I pack out an animal, it is nice to keep my, you know, my expensive down clothes, my optics, yeah. not all in the blood, but with the size of this new one and I'm saving a ton of weight too, at the same time. So I'm really intrigued on that as well. And I think it's just like one of those backpacks that's kind of built for me in a way. Four pounds, four ounces. Super light. Wow. Yeah. It's insane. 8,700, four pounds, four ounces. And it can still hold a crazy amount of weight too, which is really great. So like, I'm really excited to try this out and. So the internal load cell is 2,200 cubic inches. Yep. And then the rest is open. Yep. Yep. It's got that nice new material on the outside too, which is I think a little bit more waterproof. It's yeah. Not. That's what they said. We saw, mm-hmm. I saw it at a shot show. Yeah. So like, I think that's gonna be fun. You know, like again, trying out new gear, and that's why I think it comes back to like a spring bear hunt, cabin fever. I want to try out some different things. See how I understand that the cabin fever fever part for sure. Yeah. So so like I'm excited for that. Like I said, the optic change a little bit, uh, shelter change. I haven't told you yet, but I think I might switch to a quilt. A quilt, dude. This is too much change for the Brady. I know. Yeah. What the hell is going on? (laughs) But I'm just like. I start planning this out more and I'm starting to dive into it further and I'm just looking at the miles we're going to do. So what's your goal of all these changes? What's your, what are you doing? Like what's your number one thought? I'm just figuring out if changes? I can cut some, like everyone always knew back in the day I was an ounce cutter and I got made fun of to no degree. Like, Oh, why are you, you just were cutting some beyond ounces? an ounce cutter? You yeah. Were like, like a half ounce cutter. Yeah. And like cutting ounces, like, won't you just get stronger? And it's like, well, certain tools have certain jobs. Like yeah. I always said, I always, I always carry a, whatever was it? 10, 11 pound bow. My rifle's 14 pounds. Certain things are meant for certain things, but if I can cut weight other places and still perform at the best of my ability and recover a little bit easier mm-hmm. or have a little nicer pack out when Omar shoots a freaking seven foot bear on day two. Let's go, Omar. Notice I didn't say That's day one plan. because we're going to pass up some bears on day one and show them, show them what's all about. You can't just roll in there and no, just kill right away. you can't have that. Even if it's a seven foot bear, we're going to pass on day one. No. It's uh, <laughs> that's a different story. 
Well, yeah, because my old mentality is if you pass something on the first day, that's more experience you're going to get towards your future hunting career. So, yeah. like, that's why sometimes, like, yeah, if I saw 200 deer in the first day, I would definitely shoot it. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you, get, so. you, you gain more. Like, I want, you, I want to show you bears. I want to have you field judge them yourself because I'm – you might go on a bear hunt yourself next year. Yeah. Like the more we can learn. Yeah. We have, I have a tag as well, but like I want you to, you know, fully immerse yourself in the hunt. Just be like, we're not going to show up and just get it done and leave. Like I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy that suffer and enjoy that time that we get together just to be outside the office and hang out and yeah. talk about good hunting strategies and tactics and how we're going to approach a stock or that sort of thing. It's kind of like let the hunt unfold. Yeah. Bro, you're going to be going into the fall on a complete other level. Yeah, which is crazy because in the fall, I don't even know if I'm going to carry a, a rifle. I don't think I am because I want to do some archery elk hunts. But I mean, like this just kind of gets preparation, just like, you know, being out in the woods, testing new gear. Like I have a whole crap ton of new gear that I've never used before. So it's going to be testing all that stuff out and then just like just putting on miles in the body. Like, I mean, this is going to be like the most like you've talked about earlier. Like this is going to be the most rugged experience I've ever yeah i've ever done and it's gonna be like it no it doesn't have to be this hard like there's easier bear hunts out there but i think like what me and brady not share, fun, yeah like that's what we you know and a lot of guys here in this office too like share it's like we're like not looking for like the hole in one just like easy hunt for we're sure. like looking to like you know we crave this all year so like we're trying to like we crave the suffering as crazy that might sound to some people so like you it know, is true though yeah. that's the common crave, thread of the hunters though, this, which is so awesome yeah you know so like you know sure we could go find some roads and drive up those and like, you know, you know, but we would never do that. Try and get lucky and appreciate every time it happens. But for yeah. the most part, we do enjoy, like, that's what I'm looking forward to in the backcountry this year is like, man, yep. I just cannot wait to have that feeling again where it's like, yep, no matter what I want to do to go home, yeah, it's yep. two days. Yep. No yep. matter what. I like this. I like the story. I like the adventure. Yeah. I like being able to explain to, you know, family, friends who don't get to do this, like what you went through, yeah. what it means to you. They realize like, oh, it means this much to you. Maybe you should go hunting a little bit more. And yeah, like if for sure. One of those type of people is like, well, it means so much. Like yeah, when my wife it. admitted that I'm a better person when I come back from a hunt. Yeah, like, yeah. Stuff <laughs> yep. like that. exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So any, that, that mental side is, man, it's so fun. It's so awesome. Is there any... uh tactic questions you got for me or anything like you haven't asked me yet about the hunt or how we're doing how we're approaching it where we're glassing what we're glassing angles we're glassing Oof. now you're kind of getting into the nitty-gritty i know we've kind of talked about a lot of this stuff just you know me and you in the office but i'm just saying like some of that might help someone out a little exactly. bit. exactly it's so unfair that we all yeah i mean we're all in this office every day yeah. the amount of the shit that we talk about around this office is like i mean so few people have that yeah you know what i mean yeah no for sure so unfair that we get to come in here every day and talk to each other about all this shit i know and like everyone like has like their own like little nuggets that like they yeah. share with each other you know it's like not like we're not sharing like spots or nothing but it's like oh like you're gonna like you know I, before i even plan on going with brady um a long time ago i was like hey like i'm thinking about going x date like what do you think and he's like I wouldn't go X date because of like the amount of snow or like something like that. Like, you know, you got to like look at these different things. So like, that's like something where it's like, if I was just like, if I didn't have the luxury to come in here every day and like pick his brain, like I would have like completely set, set myself up for, for failure. Of yeah. Like, you would have been years in learning instead yep. of that one second in converse, yeah, you know, conversation. Yeah. I failed a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. failed a lot, but failing a lot has made me the hunter I am today. And now I know more about certain animals because yeah. of those failures yes. and start to find two ways to listen. You either fuck up and learn or yep. you sit down, shut up and listen to somebody who's way mm -hmm. better. Exactly. It's two ways to learn. 
So I guess for like, you know, one common question, I think that a lot of listeners might have, it's like, what's your kind of sweet spot on that elevation for looking for bears? You're just diving right into the nitty gritty, aren't you? So dependent on the, the winner. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. The, the thing that's crazy about bears, like yeah. I could I could throw out an elevation range right now, but it might not yeah. be the same as some other mountain range you're hunting, which could be totally different, and the amount of snowpack could be different in that s- scenario. Well, like a good example is I just saw another. They're expecting 80 inches of snow this week in the Pacific Northwest, California. Yeah. Really? So like that's going to be California? wildly. Yeah, it's wow. going to be wildly different than you know if that yeah. storm doesn't make it to. Montana, Idaho, I don't know, you know, yeah, Wyoming, right. it's going to be wildly different. Yeah. But the, big, the biggest thing I would say is like, try to figure out where that snow, snow line is, figure out where that snow line is, hunt that thousand, 2000 feet below the snow line and kind of chase that little area. Cause you're looking for the green grass, right? Wherever that stuff's going to green up first, usually it's down lower. And then as you get later in the seasons, start moving up the mountain. So like, as you get later in the season, you know, those bears are going to be moving a lot more. And so then you have a lot more train to glass, but like early in the season, you know, those little pockets of green and just try to find the pockets of green underneath the snow line. And that's where, you know, utilizing all these tools we talked about, there are snowpack maps, you know, different satellite imagery you can do to see that sort of things. But the biggest thing, most people know, like bears are going to be on, you know, for the most part, south-facing slopes. What's going to green up first? A south-facing slope because, you know, north-facing is getting all that shade during the day. So you want to look at the south-facing slope. But another thing you want to look at too is, well, you don't just want to focus everything on south-facing. Like I could pull up, uh, shameless plug, Go hunt maps, train analysis tool. Yep. Promo code podcast. Promo code podcast. Get you 50 bucks in the Go Hunt gear shop. Get you all the research tools. Get your maps, everything. Um, and say uh, this elevation, but you might not know that elevation until you've been there before. That's the one benefit we have is I bear hunt enough. So I know the elevation I'm looking right. at in the areas I want to go. So I have the elevation picked out. And I don't just want to look at the south facing slopes because, you I mean, there's could be bears anywhere. So you want to also look at other areas. So what I found is like south south facing slopes are really, really good. But an east-facing slope can also be just as dynamite or sometimes even mm. better mm-hmm. because that's where sometimes there just seems like there's a lot of good grass on those. And so, like, you're not just wanting to pick out one different habitat on the map and try to figure that out. And then once you hunt it more, then you can start taking into, you know, degree of slope too. Like, that could come into play. Like, the places I like to bear hunt, the steeper, the nastier, the better. Yeah. Because what's that going to do? I want an old bear. That just lives up there and is just waiting his ears to die. So those, those mature bears will pull off into that kind of country. Like they, but also the second part of it, caveat, hunters might not want to hunt that type yeah, of stuff true. because it's like Very it's going to be physically taxing to get into that area to hunt it. Yeah, you, know, you might be able to glass a bear. Glassing a bear and killing a bear is two totally different things. Yep. You might not be able to shoot across a canyon because the distance could be so great. So now what are you going to have to do? You have to get on the same face as that bear. Yep. You're going to be going up vertical. Mm-hmm. You're going to be crawling your way through all this stuff, all these rocks, all this nasty stuff, slipping, sliding, because everything could be wet. There could be snow melt coming down to find another finger ridge to then shoot across on it at. And it's like, those are the type of terrain features that I look for because it's set myself up for success and also might, in my head, weed out some of the other people. Yeah, I'm not saying, you know, I'm the best or whatever it is, but just like I'm trying to find things that other people might avoid just because it looks too nasty or maybe yeah, it looks too you're, you're strategizing against competition yeah, and you're kinda, at the same hunting, time you're, looking for good spots You're kind of hunting other hunters. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And so I'm just looking at all those terrain features and also just looking for a lot of stuff where I have a lot of different backup plans. So something I've heard about spring bears is they, they only eat green in the spring. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, towards later in the year, you get some fawns and stuff like that, calves stuff, and then you can start to look at the uh, um, like elk and deer, um, their, their calving grounds. You can start to key in on some of that stuff. You're getting towards oh. that June time frame and maybe hunt some bears. So does it start of, to change around like 
May, June? Is that yeah. when the feed starts to, their, their feed choice starts yeah, they, to change? Yeah, they, they like, you know, green grass for the most part and all that. Just I've always heard, yeah, when they come out of the out of the den, like yeah, first thing is just grass. straight green. Yep. Is yep. that true? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm trying to find the greenest green yeah. I can possibly find. And again, trying to find those patches. Because you look at a lot of stuff that looks maybe great green grass, but they all of a sudden figure out some other area as, you know, brighter green grass that's like looks better. And there's, you know, enough topography around there where a bear might feel a little bit safe, doesn't want to come out in the open. Maybe he's, you know, doesn't like the rain and stuff like that, so he's hiding out. Or maybe you think about if you're going really early, where might these bears be denning? Uh-huh. You hunt kind of that same similar area where they, you could assume they might be denning and try to get a bear that's coming out that might be a little lethargic and just kind of sitting there. Because, like I said, I've seen bears certain times of year where you're like, oh, there's a big, big old bear right there. We're going to sneak in there and try to kill him the next day. Never shows up. Where'd he go? I don't know. But it's like sometimes the bears just don't do two things. Like back, back to, to back. the den or what do they, what do they I don't do? Know, I don't know if he just went in the timber, just hid out or went up and over the mountain range, found some, you know, greener grass somewhere else. But huh. sometimes you find a bear and you'll see him for three days in a row. And other times you see a bear, you try to go on him and hunt him and you won't see him again. It's hmm. so like, that's where I it gets know. hard to know. Yeah. Like, do you sit there and wait? Do you go look for other bears? Was that a giant bear? Is that a cool color phase that you're looking for? But I think if you just find like these areas, like that's why I use training analysis tool all the time because I can set my parameters and I have so many other waypoints from other previous engagements of hunting that my data is now getting a lot bigger and I yeah. know how to hone in on some of these areas. Same thing I do with mule deer and just trying to find the exact terrain they liked in a certain time of year and just add that to your toolkit. Yep. So where, like, where do these, like you're talking about the green grass, but like where do these bears like then go in like after they're done eating? Do you want to like, look at some spots where there's like a lot of like a giant timber patch and then there's going to be like maybe a meadow there with some green grass where you like, you know that that bear is going to probably be sleeping in that timber patch and then crawl its way out and then eat that green grass. And then it's probably going to pattern that you're going to. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. That same way. Yeah. You, you see one, he's out in the open, you stalk him, you don't see him anymore. Well, he's probably somewhere in that timber patch. Like a bear's not just going to run around in the springtime. Like if you're hunting him early, there's not that rut phase. So he's not chasing or anything yet uh-huh. yeah. and kind of hone in on it. Uh, the biggest thing that time of year is just everyone, you know, just need to do your due diligence because I've seen a lot of bears where you glass it up, you're like, oh, that's a giant bear. Let's go kill it. You're all jacked and amped. And you get over there, you start sitting down in the situation, start looking around, and then all of a sudden you find the cubs. Yep. Like there's a lot of times where you'll see cubs up in a tree. Blew your wad, getting to it. Getting all the way over there. It's a cubs. giant sow. Looks yeah. like a super old, but you didn't know it was a sow at first because sometimes they're hard to judge, but it had all the characteristics. It was kind of waddling back and forth, and you just got to like really look around because there's a lot of you know, sows with cubs during that time of year. And they just want to, you know, yeah. Yeah. You got to make extra sure. So that's, that's, and that's, I could see blowing your wad, getting there and get going, all Holy there. shit. Yeah. 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 You eat a lot of bear, right? Oh, I love You've bear. Been, yeah. Love bear meat. Yeah. I'm you, you use bear fat to cook into. Yep, you I rendered all my bear fat. I still have, like, I was surprised at how much bear fat you actually get off some of these spring bears and then how long it lasts. Like I cook all the time. I cook wild game every single night and use yeah. bear fat all the time. I still have a bunch of jars of bear fat. That's what I was going to ask you. Are you low on bear meat right now? I'm just about out of bear meat. I went through a big phase like a month ago where I had bear meat for like three weeks straight. Yeah. You had it in here every yeah. day, <laughs> but like <laughs> literally every day. Yeah. Bear burritos are just bear rice and black beans. Just But you're good on the bear fat. Mm-hmm. I have tons of bear fat still. That's I would like to cook in some bear fat. It'd be nice. Mm. it's really cool when you, when you render it down like how bright like yellow it looks it looks like yeah. better than any sort of olive oil you've ever had and then all of a sudden it'll start hardening up and get white and thick and like you think like oh yeah it's got to smell like a nasty bear like it kind of smells when you cook it really when you stick your nose in it's like it doesn't really smell like anything anymore really so you can do some i think like bear that's one thing that's really cool about bears like you can do more things with bears than most people yeah. think like yeah sure there's states where 
you know, you might not be required to take the bear meat and people have a bad mentality about bears. Like, oh, you're going to get trigonosis, all that stuff. But bear meat is actually really phenomenal. Oh. Are you going to eat yours if you kill one? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, you know, I, I want to kill these animals to eat them. So I, that that's the plan for sure is to. You want to self-sustain live. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like one of like the biggest things that like drove me to like want to pursue like this thing of hunting was like, oh, like eliminating like the grocery store. Like, sure, I'll go out and like, I'm not going to eat bear like after I kill those for like six months straight, but like. It's gonna be nice. like Brady, like Brady. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that. I'm not that big of a bear eater thus yet. We'll see. Maybe if I eat it, I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. Like yeah. I'll eat bear for six months and have to go hunt again. But I'm gonna eat it 100. Um, one thing that I'm excited for and like kind of want to like ask Brady. It's like, you know, if we do harvest a bear, like how does that meat taste? Like I always see like these YouTube videos, like they'll you know, cut up some steaks and whatnot and like make the little shish kebabs. Like, is that amazing or is it, how Are is you it? eating them on the mountain? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, that's like what I'm, yeah. On the mountain? Yep. That's where I kind of draw the line. Really? Yeah. Nick. Sure, I could take a bunch of the bear fat, drop it in my jet boil, get that all going, drop some meat in there. But like when I cook bear meat at home, I'm cooking that thing for, it seems like 40 minutes when I'm doing my burger. Just to make like sure. Like the ground burger. Just like make sure like on the mountain, I'm not, I don't eat bear meat on the mountain. No. Yeah. Even though I would, maybe if someone else was with me who's done a lot longer and they fully were comfortable with it, but I've just never done it on the mountain and it kind of just frightens me a little bit because of that trichinosis. I, like, yeah, I just said earlier, trichinosis, you know, you just got to cook it really well. But like, one, I'm not wanting to burn all my fuel. Yeah. Unless we're po- both tagged out early and we have tons of fuel, then sure, I might try it because yeah. we're on the mountain. But it's like that thought in my head, you know, I want to do it right and just bring it home and cook it properly. That I makes think. a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I, I get that. For yeah. sure. How do you uh, like? How do you prep your meat when like? Because I know you butcher your own meat. So mm-hmm. like, are you ma- you're mostly like making burger, right? Yep. I grind it all into ground burger, and then I basically just make burritos out of it, or ground meat and rice with beans. That's and what I you've do, been eating for the last three weeks. Yeah, and I do mix it like bear. I usually do like probably a little bit more um, pork fat. But I usually probably do like ten or fifteen percent. There's just bacon in, in pieces and I mix it with sage seasoning. Sage seasoning is key on everything. Really? I mm. love sage seasoning with ground with meat. I'm going to have to try this. Yeah. I, I kind of want to try out like bear sausage. I've heard like good things from bear sausage. So I'm yeah. kind of want to try that. I just like the ground aspect because I know I can cook it to the point where it's starting to get black and it's not like it's burnt, burnt, but it's right. like I know it's well cooked by that point. Yeah. I'm not going to get sick from it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the nice thing is you can get all your bear research too on Go Hunt. There's a lot of western states that offer a lot bear hunting yeah you know, like you have the big three you have idaho wyoming um montana uh, you have arizona yeah a lot of over-the-counter stuff a lot of other states you know have some draws you know oregon has some draw hunts in the spring um utah has some draw hunts but like there's so much cool bear information out there and like yeah. on go hunt with insider like you don't just have deer elk sheep antelope yeah that hit them with thing. the true promo code right now yeah, so like we always say, like we want you guys to have the best research. We want you guys to go hunting. We want you to experience all the things that we are passionate about. So like best way to do that, we want to get you guys a little kickback for signing up for Go Hunt's Insider account. So use promo code podcast when you sign up for Insider, and that's going to get you 50 points to the Go Hunt Gear Shop. Every point in the Go Hunt Gear Shop is worth $1, so that's 50 bucks you have to spend on anything. Big money. Same as money, putting uh, more cool gear in your pocket, getting some, you know, where they need freeze-dried meals, where they need some new socks, put those towards an optic purchase, boots, backpack, whatever it may be, and then you're going to have the full 
insider suite of tools. You got filtering 2.0, you got draw odds, you got insider only application strategy, articles, point tracker, hunt planner, all these cool things that we all use on a daily basis. Like right now, hunt planner could be and a we big cover one. bear in the application strategies. Yep. yep. So all that stuff like filtering 2.0, we have bear data. We have a number of mm-hmm. bears harvested. We have season dates. Is it over the counter? Is it a draw hunt? How many yep. points you might take? Like, I build up points in other states for bears. Like I, I just bought a preference point for Colorado today. Yeah. So it's like there's opportunity out there for bear hunters. And, you know, the great thing is, and some people might hate me for saying it, but like you don't see a lot of people bear hunting. You really yeah. don't. People keep harping all the time like, oh, people are making it more popular and that sort of thing. Well, it's still like it is a cost thing to go out spring bear hunting. For it's not sure. cheap. It adds and, another hunt to the season. Yep. Yeah. And so it's like more time away. Like, are you willing to spend that time to go bear hunting or are you going to spend it towards your elk hunt? But it's like, to me, I can get out there. I can hunt. I can test myself, test my gear again. And I like being alone. Yeah. So that's why I like going bear hunting in these steep, nasty places where there's no one else. So like yeah. there's plenty of opportunity out there. Just pick a state, do your research, jump on go hunt maps, start diving in. Like I said, train analysis tool is the perfect tool to help mm-hmm. find your bear hunt. Totally start, agree. Start putting those data points together. Or like I said earlier, even though I don't fully believe it, but you could use it to, in a way, learn your unit, learn the roads, learn the access points, learn. You, know, you can definitely get to a point where you're wasting less time than you would have if you didn't use it. Yep. Yeah. And it's just bear hunting. Just bear hunting is just fun. Yeah. And it, it is that that's kind of the changing landscape of hunting overall. Is everybody's talking about the opportunities going away? There's still opportunity. It's just the species are different. You yeah. know, it's like yeah, the some of those, you know, second choice don't burn your point draws in Colorado. Yeah, they've changed. They've definitely changed. But bear hunting's still a thing. Still a lot of opportunity. Javelina yeah. still a thing. A lot yeah. of opportunity. It's just a little bit. It's just different. You know, it's just another. It's a new way to get those opportunity hunts in, get the reps under the belt. Yep. And it sounds like, which honestly, I've never been like ultra interested in bear hunting, but listen to you talk about how it correlates to that high country mule deer, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. That's something I would be bought into immediately and want to go do it. No yep. question about it. Yeah. Especially like, I always think about like how you can, you know, find these species that kind of make it like, for me, like the biggest thing, it's like, I want to go like in these like steep, nasty like spots yeah. like Brady's like always talking about. So like, the fact that you could kind of like pick out this species like bear and we could, you know, make a hunt that we like both want to do where it's like steep and nasty. And like, it's not like one of those areas where it's like, you know, you could only go kill bear here and like, you know, it's, it's going to be like what you expect, but like you could kind of like ultimately like decide where you want to go bear hunting and then make it the hunt you want to be, whether you want to be, you know, somewhere like Arizona or like somewhere up North. You know, it's going to be, be like, warm this time of year. It's in to Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> and the nice thing is too, these mountain ranges are giant. There's yeah. plenty of opportunity out there. There's plenty of places to yeah. get away. There's plenty of little hidden gems. When you start looking at the data, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can do yeah. to figure out and hone in on your bear unit. And like I said, you might not see anyone. You might see a few people, but at least you're out hunting. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're out hunting. You're out having fun. Yeah. I can't wait to do a follow-up when you guys get back. This is going to be good. Hopefully it's, it's going to be really good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I can't, 60 more days can't come fast enough. 62, what did I 62. say? 62, 62 more days <laughs> can't come fast enough. I can't remember what I said. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. We got to do a follow-up when you guys get back. We'll Have do. To. Well, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast, yeah, thank Omar. You, Omar. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome to the Big Hunt Guys, or I should and say when I got the invite, When I got the invite to this, I loved it because of the title. Yeah. And only those who know will know. But Brady, tell them the title of this podcast that was on my calendar. Bears Beats Battlestar Galactica, or was it the other one? Bears Beers, Beats Beers, Battlestar. Beers Bears Battlestar Galactica. Bears Beats Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that's, the, that's the best one. <laughs> we got to do the office reference. Yeah, have to. All right. Thank you, Omar. Right. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.